You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? We're coming in again, What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Egger on the other line. Egger, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all today, man. NFL Week 3 recap and some NFL Week 4 predictions. Uh, We're going to get into some big entertainment and current events news. We got some movie news for y'all. We got some some Super Bowl news for y'all. So we, we got a lot of topics that we can cover this week. Yes, sir. And if this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast, we do have five segments. We have our sports segment, Two Wild Wednesday, Social Media Wants to Know, Entertainment and Current Events, and Pass the Ox. So definitely stick with us throughout this whole entire episode. And the biggest news of this week had nothing to do with the NFL. It had nothing to do with any sport that is going on right now. It had to do with the Boston Celtics head coach, Ime Udoka, who was all in the headlines. If you do not know the background, apparently Ime Udoka had a consensual relationship that turned sour with a, a Celtics female staffer. Uh, I guess the, the, the Celtics front office ended up finding out about this in July. They warned him to, to cut off the relationship. I guess he continued to mess with the girl. The girl said that she was getting like unwanted remarks from him. And once she ended up going to the front office and telling him them about the unwanted remarks, that's when they really had to investigate the situation. And they ended up giving him a year-long suspension. So he will not be coaching this season. They already ended up getting his interim head coach, Joe Mazzula, in there. But it was just some wild news because if you don't know this, he is engaged to Nia Long. And that had the that had the black community in shambles. I feel like more people were hurt about the Nia yeah, Long point. More people were hurt by about that. The Nia Long shit, you know, like him actually messing with old girl, which is wild. But Edgar, like, what was just your reaction to everything that happened with the Ime Udoka situation? Well, my first reaction was I was I was shocked that they said a year long suspension. I'm like, damn, a year long suspension for a consensual relationship with a, a staff member. Like, OK, I can understand if they're like, mm, you're going to suspend it for like 10 to 15 games or you're getting fined like one hundred thousand dollars. Like, I'd have been like, OK, cool. But a year long suspension, I was like, it's got to be more to it. So then I find out, like Quincy just said, it got to a point to where when they told him to stop. He kept trying to pursue the relationship, and the girl was like, mm, no, okay, we just got told to stop. No, and now you're trying to keep pushing forward. So it's like, okay, now you're getting into a harassment situation. So now I understand that. And then, like he just said, the whole Nia Long engagement, I had no idea that's who he was dating. You like, didn't know that? That threw me through a loop. I did not know that. I knew I that for a long not, time, bro. Because she was at the I Celtics game that. at some point in the – um. In the playoffs, and people were saying, like, oh, yeah, he's engaged. That's when I found out about them I, being engaged and stuff like that. I had no idea about that whatsoever. Yeah, bro. So <laughs> that's what had black people in shambles because it's like you cheated on Nia Long of all people. And I'm pretty sure, like, it's a, it was a lot of speculation on who he was cheating with. But I think it's starting to become more apparent of who it was. I'm not going to say any names, but it was a white woman. And it's starting to become speculation of, like, she could have been dating somebody in the front office. And that's why they gave him such a, a long suspension because – the person who was like the executive for the franchise really wanted to like put this statement and really put this hammer down of like, Hey, stop messing with my wife. You, this can't go down anymore. So like, like I said, we don't know who the woman is. It's a lot of rumors, but it's like, like I said, it's starting to clear up right now, but the shit was just crazy. When I found out I was the same way I was saying year long, it didn't make sense for a consensual relationship. 
the more the details came out, it just made sense. Because if we would have made a podcast on Wednesday, we would have been sounding like some idiots, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. We would have been we would have been sticking up for Ime Udoka. But what I've been hearing, he was, he was doing some sick shit after they was told to stop. I'm hearing harassment shit. I was hearing rumors that he got old girl pregnant. I don't know if any of that shit is true, but I was hearing a lot of rumors about what happened. And I seen a video from Matt Barnes, bro. That's when I knew the shit that uh, Ime Udoka was doing was grimy as fuck. Because if Matt Barnes cannot defend you no more, Matt Barnes was the <laughs> nigga who beat Derek Fisher ass for cheating on his wife. Like, So if Matt Barnes can't stick up for you no more, oh, you did exactly. some wild boy shit for yeah. real. And when I seen that video from Matt Barnes, I said, okay. And Matt Barnes know the whole story. I'm like, okay, yeah, Ime Udoka did some sick shit that was worthy of getting suspended for a year. And this is a Ain't big hit. I was about to say, you did it at the worst time, bro. Like, you were just in the finals, like, in your first season as a head coach, a black head coach. And we all know how hard it can be in these professional leagues, no matter what league you're in. I don't care if it's hockey, football, basketball, whatever. We know the fight, the uphill battle it is for black coaches. So for you to come in in your first season, you get your team to the playoffs, to the finals, make it interesting, and everybody's looking forward to this second season. And then you just you fumble the bag like this, bro. And not not just fumble the bag, but you're quote unquote harassing women apparently. Like even though you were consensual with her at one point, it got to a point where you apparently started harassing her. So you just don't have a good look now when it comes to women in general at this point. Two, I hate to throw the race thing, but a white woman, you're cheating on Neil along with what a white, a white woman, woman, that, woman that you work with. That's yeah. your work with. Like, I'm going to add to your point with that, bro. I'm going to add to your point with that. Because the person that he was cheating on her with was making travel plans with Nia Long to come to Boston. Come Nia on, Long bro. just moved to Boston. And she she planned it all. The girl that he was cheating Brought on her, her with. Brought her kid, too. Yeah. Her they just moved to Boston because old girl set it all up. So it just, just goes to your point. Not only were you cheating on her with a white woman, but a white woman who was setting up the plans who Nia Long talked to before. So it's like, my goodness, bro. This is terrible. This is like scumbag shit. For real. This is, this is like literally the worst case scenario <laughs> of what you can think of. It's just sad, bro. And my, I really feel bad for Nia Long because she, she came out and said like she just needs everybody to be with her right now because this is a tough time for her because of how how vulnerable she let herself be to this person and to find out, Oh, this, what you doing with him? Like, and y'all setting up my travel plans, this, that, and the third and blah, blah, blah. So it, it's just a situation where damn, she did not ask for this at all. She went a long time without dating somebody or getting serious with somebody. And the moment you do, this is what happens. And Nia Long mind her business. Damn it. Better than anybody else. We never hear anything about Nia Long. So the one time we hear something, it's about this shit. That, that was just crazy. That was crazy, bro. But you know that what was blowing me about this whole entire situation? Like, yes, it is near long, but a lot of people were not understanding. Like, it don't matter how fine the girl is. Like, niggas will just cheat just to cheat, bro. Yeah, like, bro. it doesn't really matter. Like, if Beyonce can get cheated on, anybody is liable to get cheated on. So I kept seeing, like, you cheating on this girl with from near long? Like, what are you doing? It's like, bro, that shit happens, bro. Why are y'all surprised by this shit? And I was saying, I said that to one of my friends before. I said this like a year ago or something like that to one of my female friends. And I was like, look, y'all, I, I think it was when, um, I think it was like the first rumors of 
one of those celebrity couples that we all know. I don't remember the, who it was, but somebody was cheating on somebody. And I put in the group chat, I said, y'all, if Beyonce can get cheated on, anybody can get cheated on. And they yeah. were like, why is Beyonce always the go-to person when people say it? Because we look at Beyonce as that person of you would just have to be dumb as hell to do this shit. And especially Jay-Z ain't the best looking dude out here. Like, so if an ugly nigga like Jay-Z can look at Beyonce and be like, yeah, I'm gonna go do this over here. What make y'all think y'all safe? Like, exactly, that's the shit that bro. be blowing people. Like, that, that's what be blowing me. Like, y'all, it can, it can happen to anybody. And it don't mean that he just doesn't like me along. It's just he just did dumb shit. Like he just, he just did whatever did he wanted goofy to do. Shit. He just did some goofy shit. Yeah. yeah. They've been together for a long time. I think they've been dating since 2011. At some point, you guess get complacent in a relationship. Maybe he just wanted to try some new shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's uh, so many reasons that people were just not looking at. People were just like, Nia Long, you cheated on her. It's like, bro, it's just not like that. Because even a regular dude like us can be with Nia Long and probably still would like have thoughts of cheating or something like that. Like, that shit happens, bro. Like, I don't think, I don't like how people were just throwing that to the side. But this was some scumbag shit by MAU Doka, though. Like, period. With him getting suspended, I think it was the right move. And I don't even like that he got suspended. I think it would have been better for them just to fire that man and just get him out of the way. Because I feel like they're playing with him by suspending yeah. him, telling like telling him, like, yeah, you can be back next year. Like, he will not be coaching the Boston Celtics again. Like, why are you playing like he's going to come back next year? Like, he's not. And Stephen A. made a great point of that. Because he doesn't like the way – he brought this up about how this probably happens with white coaches all the time, like of messing around with uh, staff members, members and stuff like that. And Stephen A. made a great point of this of how why are we hearing about this right now? Like why can't we just hear about this after he's fired, after you already get him out of the organization? Now, anytime we talk about the Boston Celtics – it's going to be this like this is going to be part of the conversation now because we're going to have to wait a whole year until we get a final decision on something because y'all are just suspending him instead of just firing him like and and now it's going to make it now we're going to have this black coach don't get me wrong he's wrong in what he did but now we're going to have this black coach in the spotlight for something so negative repetitively over and over especially once basketball season actually starts no matter if the Celtics are doing good or doing terrible, we're going to talk about if Ime Udoka gets back. Well, what could this mean when Ime comes back? What is he going to have to say about this? Having blah, blah, blah. Like, like it's going to be a lot of if scenarios being thrown out there because the Celtics front office is playing with the time like this. So, And Boston had their media day yesterday where the players came back, uh, got questions from reporters, and a lot of the questions had to do with Emi Udoka because, obviously, and a lot of the players really didn't know how to answer the, uh, the question because they honestly don't have the full story on what happened. Maybe they heard something from somebody, but they just weren't answering questions. I think Jalen Brown got asked, and he was just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And Marcus Smart was just like, yeah, we still love Emi. We still behind Emi. And that's not the type of answer that you should be having for a coach who just did what he did, yeah. especially when it's so negative to the fact that you had to suspend him for a year. It's like, why weren't the players like trained on how to respond to those type of questions, yeah. especially when, you know, media day is coming up the week after this situation just went down. It felt like they just weren't trained at all. I feel like they're still don't know what's going on and they're a part of the organization and they still have to deal with like the effects of this. Like you said, throughout the season, it's going to be a continuous process of like getting questions from about email Udoka. Because even if you weren't briefed on how to answer these questions right before media day, 
y'all are grown men. Like, y'all are in a profession where y'all know how the media will twist whatever answers y'all got up. Nobody should have even had to tell y'all how to respond to these questions. Like, y'all mm-hmm. knew y'all was going, especially if you Jason Tatum or oh, Jalen sure. Brown or Marcus Smart. Now, if you're the 15th player on the roster, they probably ain't going to ask you this question. You <laughs> might not even get interviewed as long. Yeah. But if you're one of the main people they're going to get sound bites from, y'all should already know how to answer these type of questions, especially if it ain't your situation. I, but a I lot of people be, that haven't been in a situation like this, though, too. I'd be one of the first people to be. I'd be one of the first people to be like, hey, that, that's not my business. I don't really know anything about the situation, so no comment. Boom. Mm-hmm. On to the next question. Like, I would no comment they ask every time they ask something like that. Like, and, and they do it any other time. Like, these players mm-hmm. know how to do it whenever they get their feelings hurt. So why not do it when you know it ain't your business to even speak on? Like, just yeah. be like, I have no comment. I don't know about the situation. Please don't ask me about it. Next question. Like, that that's not hard. Yeah. But like I said, I, st- I think they're still stuck in the situation of being like confused on what's going on because it just it happened like literally a couple of days ago. And now we have to answer questions in front of reporting it. And if you're not being transparent as an organization, it leaves a lot of people in the blue, especially with all these players liking Ime. They don't want to speak out against Ime because they know the type of person he mm-hmm. is or they feel like they have a good judgment of who he is. They don't want to speak out against him, but they know what he did was wrong. So it's like you get a lot of mixed answers where I yeah. guess like we rock with them, but it's like, I, I don't know what happened. It's like, it can get twisted in so many different and, directions. And just in that situation, just take the easy cop out answer of no comment. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about the situation. No comment. Cause yeah. that way you can't say, you can't say I'm supporting them. You can't say I'm not supporting them. I just chose not to answer the question. I yeah. answered it by literally answering your question, but I didn't give you a side to pick. So and this is such a big hit for a team that a lot of people viewed as the favorite coming into the season, bro. Like you had the coach, you brought in Mal- Malcolm Brogdon, you brought in Danilo Gall- Gallinari, even though Gallinari is gone for the season because I think he hurt his knee. But you brought in so much talent to get added to a team that already made it to the finals. You guys were on the path to success. And to get this huge blow before the season, the season is like a month away. So now you have this coach, this interim head coach has to step into this position of like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, now I got to run this organization now. I got to run this team. And it's like, does he have the capabilities now? Now we, it's so many more questions than answers for the Celtics when it really shouldn't be this way. You guys should be on the like a paved road to the finals or to the Eastern Conference finals. And now I feel like y'all going to have one of the bumpiest roads in the league because of this. Like, Ime Udoka made a lot of big adjustments for this team. He was a huge uh, upgrade from Brad Stevens. And when you take him away, what is this team now? Like, is this team back to being the Brad Stevens level of like, yeah, they're going to get to the conference finals, but they're not going to get over the hump again? Is that the type of team we're going to get? Like, it's a lot of questions with the Celtics, especially when we get to the playoffs, not having him there. So it's a big hit off the court and on the court, bro. I'm telling you, that's big. And another thing I wanted to add about this shit and why I think they suspended him and not fired him. I think they knew that somebody else was going to pick him up and they were scared that another team would have picked him up. Even with all of this recent news coming out with him harassing a girl, I think they were scared about a team picking him up like Philly or a team that's trying to get over the hump, trying to pick him up. And they were like, oh, no, we can't let him go anywhere else. Let's have him sit on the sideline for you. Let's suspend him. Let's tell him he's suspended and let's fire him at the end of the year while everybody else tries to you know what I'm saying? Get their coaches in order. I think that's what they're trying to do. Because right that now. way, if he does land a job, it's not going to be anywhere where we have to worry about it. Yeah, it's not going to be this year where we're going to immediately feel the effects of it. 
It's yeah. like, okay, it's going to be next year when we can get a real coach in there, somebody that we picked, and then he can go off and then find another job situation after a year. But I think that's why they suspended him and not just fired him off the bat because he would have got a job immediately, bro. Not immediately, but somebody would have got fired midseason and they would have picked him up. Like Doc Rivers yeah. could have been fired and Philly could have picked that nigga up. And now Philly is the team to beat in the East. They were scared mm-hmm. of that. I truly believe that. And that's why they did what they did. But hey, still a fucked up situation on Emay's part, though. I'm not defending him at all. All right. And now moving on to NFL Week 3 recap, man. We had a lot of interesting games. And Edgar was talking about it before the pod. Like, this has to be one of the most intriguing seasons. Damn, this is. I've been alive because our picks are shit right now. Like, me and yeah, Edgar bro. are in our own pick'em league, and we are last right now because we can't get this shit right, bro. We do not know what's going on in the league from week to week. And I don't even think, because my cousin Taz, he was in the chat saying, like, no, like, y'all need to let us pick on Thursday, like, right before the game start, because that way we get a full injury report. And it's like, no, because we tried to do that before, and niggas would be slick, wait till the kickoffs are already happening, <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, now I know my picks. Uh, niggas like black, shot the black. Black will wait till Sunday at one o'clock when the ball is being kicked to get all yeah. It's like we're already down the L probably because we already picked for Thursday. Yes. So we we had to set the deadline of look Wednesday night at eight o'clock, literally twenty four hours before the Thursday night kickoff game. You need to have your picks in. But shit, it's not even just a it health matter. thing, bro. I'm about to say, yeah, health not health isn't even a factor because Taz was trying to bring up the fact of reading the injury reports, finding out it don't even matter about injuries right now. There are teams winning that just should not be winning, and there are teams losing that we have no explanation for. Like, I cannot exactly. sit here and explain to you why the Bengals are as terrible as they are right now. The Raiders are 0-3. Ex- I, the Raiders are 0-3. I can't explain what the hell is going on with the Jags. They looking like they may make a playoff push early in the season. Like, nothing makes sense right now in the NFL. So the fact that we're last in our own league is just it's crazy. It's, it's, we got to tighten up, bro. We got to tighten up at this point. I might, I might, I, I might I, actually start rooting for you because, like, that's ridiculous. I, I thought week three was um, going to be my week. Wrong. I, we lost, like, I think I lost 10 games this week. Like, this was a I terrible did. week. I lost 10 games. I lost 10 I lost games 10 this games. week. Like, this is terrible, bro. We got to tighten up, bro. got to tighten up with the picks. But diving into the specific games, we had a huge game between the Dolphins and the Bills, and the Dolphins really made a statement with this game. It was looking kind of shaky toward halftime because Tua ended up getting a – looks like he got a concussion, but he ended up coming back for the second half for, for some reason. I think they're doing some investigating with that whole – uh, procedure and shit like that but the Dolphins end up getting the win some big plays between him and Waddle the defense ended up stifling the Bills the entire second half Edgar what was like your biggest takeaway from this matchup of the week uh, my biggest takeaway was I still like Buffalo as being crowned like right now early in the season as the best team in the NFL but this was a win that the Dolphins really needed to show us can they do this consistently when they beat the Ravens the way they did in that comeback win yeah, everybody was like, oh, my God, two or six touchdowns. Like, the comeback is happening. Like, the Dolphins are here. And it's like, yes, but can they win like this consistently against good teams? That was my question I had after that Ravens win. And this win over the Bills, that solidified it. Like, okay, they can do this consistently. Because if it was a situation where Tua has a big game, but it's only every other second or third game, I'd have been like, I don't know if I trust the Dolphins like that. But you get two back-to-back wins like this, 
that's major. So the Dolphins definitely needed this. Their offense and defense are all clicking on all cylinders. They're they're at least a top three, top four team in the league right now. So, And this is the thing about the Bills. The problems from last year are rearing its ugly head once again with them not being able to run the ball and with Josh Allen being their best runner. They have to find some sort of running game because when you play against a solid secondary like Miami's and everything isn't rolling for you like they were rolling in the first couple of weeks, you have to go towards the run game. You have to have something that the defense has to be scared of. And at this moment, nobody is worried about y'all run game. So we can play zone. We can play eight deep in or eight in coverage and nobody has to worry about y'all running the ball. And that's the problem that they had last year and the year before. It has to have, they have to have some sort of running game, bro. And also... Josh Allen made a couple of time management mistakes that ended up costing them this game. It was one at the end of the game where he couldn't get the spike for them to get the field goal to win. And it was one before the second half that killed them where he ended up could he couldn't get the spike together. He ended up fumbling the ball. He ended up throwing it to uh, Stephon Diggs and the time ended up running out. If he would have spiked the ball, they could have had a field goal before halftime. And that field goal could have changed the whole complexity of the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like those type of time management things from Josh Allen that was that were a downfall of him. He played a solid game. I think he had a pick, but he had a, a solid game all around. But it's just the running game is just what I'm looking from the Bills of like that has to improve. Y'all really want to be taken as a serious contender in the AFC and as a Super Bowl contender, bro. You have to have that. And, and it was it was a division game, you know. So I mean, it's not it's not like I'm going to take too many negatives and, and make too big of a thing out of it for the bills. Yes, they do need a running game, but it was a division game. It's, it was against the second best team in that division. So I, I'm not too upset about what I saw from the bills, but they do have to fix that. They do need some type of ground game to where they can get three to four yards a carry to help them with the passing game. Otherwise, like Quincy just said, we're going to see a lot of eight, seven, seven to eight deep, um, DBs, you yeah. know, playing against the Bills with every every possession. So, because Josh Allen had 400 yards passing and it was an L, <laughs> so it's like he had yeah. a great game. If you look at the stat sheet, 400 yards, he played excellent. But there was no running game for anybody else to worry about. So yeah, you can have 40 yards, but y'all only scored 17 points because nobody's yeah. worried about y'all running game. Like that has to improve, bro. Seriously, that has to. And that was just a good. That's just a good game from the Dolphins. The, I, I think week two was kind of a fluke game, so I really didn't know how this game was going to go for the Dolphins. And I picked the Bills in this matchup because I just didn't know what Dolphins team was going to show up. But the team yep. that showed up in the fourth quarter of that Ravens win was played the entire game versus the Bills. The defense was stifling. Big plays from Jalen Waddle. The running game showed up huge. Tua made some big plays when necessary. And that's all you need to see from the the, uh, the Dolphins to say, like, okay, they could be a contender for this AFC moving forward. And that's the thing about the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a team that, like, are always in the middle of the pack, and you need to see, like, okay, can they take that leap? And I think this yeah. was just a big win. That's why I said it's a statement win to say, like, okay, they're here now. They're here to actually stay. They got a huge uh, game coming up versus the Bengals this weekend. That can be another statement game. So it's like a lot of the early schedule is going to is really telling us a lot about the Dolphins. And I think next week is just going to show us even more. So definitely impressed with what I've been seeing from them. And moving on to the next one I have. Are the Cowboys better without Dak? Man, I'm saying hey, so they played on Monday night Cowboys versus the Giants. It was actually a pretty good game. The Cowboys yep. ended up getting the win. 23 to 16. CeeDee Lamb had one crazy drive to put them up with the one-handed catch. 
Uh, it was a good back and forth. Saquon Barkley ended up getting loose. Cooper Rush made some big plays. But the conversation is, has now become, since they got two wins without Dak, are the Cowboys better without him? Edgar, what are your thoughts on that? I, I say no. I view Cooper Rush right now like how we view Nick Foles in like that 2016 through 2018 era when he got that, when he helped the Eagles get that Super Bowl. Cooper Rush can be that great backup quarterback, but I think that's all he is. Can I honestly look at him right now out of the first three weeks and say, oh, hell yeah, he could probably lead them to um, a playoff spot? I don't know if I can say that. With Dak, I'm sure they can get there because we've seen the talent and we know that Dak can get this team to that point because um, he's done twice now. But I will say, like I said um, a few seconds ago, Cooper Rush does remind me of Nick Foles. When you need somebody in there when the starter cannot play, Cooper Rush can hold it down. Same thing with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees with the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater won like five or six games and held the, the Saints in good ground when it came to division placement and you know, playoff um, hopes and all that before Drew Brees came back. And then Nick Foles did the same thing with Carson Wentz. I think Cooper Rush is that for Dak Prescott. I'm not going to overhype him like Jerry Jones is talking about. Yeah, it's good to have this QB competition. <laughs> it ain't no damn competition. He is the backup quarterback, and he's just doing his job, and he's getting wins, and he's being productive. That's that's all it is. Okay, so first, I just want to answer the question, are the Cowboys better without Dak? No. But their offense is better without Dak because their offense changes when Dak does not play. When Dak plays, they try to go to a pass-heavy offense, and they do not have the wide receivers to be pass-heavy. Ever since Cooper Rush became the quarterback, they started to run the ball way more and way more effectively. Over the past couple of weeks, the Brown game has been working. In week two, they ran the ball for 25 times for 120 yards. And in week three, they ran the ball 30 times for almost 200 yards. That was production they weren't getting in week one. And last year, the running game was honestly non-existent because they were relying on Dak so much. But ever since Cooper Rush became the quarterback, they're relying more on the run game. And the run game is really working. And that's helping Cooper Rush when it comes to play action. When it comes to throws, it's making things easier for Cooper Rush. So I think the offense has changed. And that's why he just looks so good. But if you put Dak in the same position that you're putting Cooper Rush in, Dak is a better quarterback. Dak is more mobile. I think down then we can see the, the Cowboys actually be a playoff team in the NFC. But I think that has to change for them. They, they have to keep with this run-heavy attack, what they're doing, especially with their wide receiver core. Because they, all they got is C.D. Lamb, and that's really it. Noah Brown had a couple of good catches uh, on Monday, but I don't think he's a real number one. I know Michael Gallup is going to come back at some point in the next couple of weeks, but they have to continue to rely on the run game. And we've been having questions about Zeke for like the last two years now. So if anybody need to really step up while Dak is out, it is Ezekiel Elliott. And he's been doing that, like Quincy said, you know, um, sharing on top of not even just being the main running back the whole time. Like yeah. he's sharing touches. Like he's actually getting loose when it's his turn, whether it's pitch plays, whether it's like running through the actual gaps. Like Zeke has been producing a lot within the first three weeks. So hopefully that continues to flow even when Dak gets back. I think Quincy's point is valid of they need to stick to that flow. They need to stick to that system of feed Zeke. We haven't said that slogan in like two seasons now. Of but that's Zeke. what and if anybody who has said it, it hasn't come to fruition. Exactly. And I think that's what worked. And when the first season when Dak and Zeke was taking over the league and everybody was on Dallas nuts, 
They were running the ball, and Zeke was the catalyst while Dak was making big throws. That's what the mm -hmm. offense has to go back to, where Zeke and Tony Pollard are the catalyst of this offense. And let's go behind this offensive line, and Dak, you just make the big throws when necessary. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what should be the offense, bro. Like, yeah, you can rely on Dak if you're down, but you shouldn't have to rely on Dak the entire game of like, okay, Dak, save me. Dak, save me. Dak, save yeah, me. not when you like, got a top that. running back in the league in the backfield. Yeah, nah, yeah, bro. nah, nah. And Tony Pollard <laughs> is looking good. Tony Pollard honestly has been running better than Zeke, funny as hell, because in this game he ran 13 times for 105 yards while Zeke ran and, for 75. Being and productive. the old line is the old line is pretty stout, bro. So yeah. you got a good, you have a um top running back, top ten running back in Ezekiel Elliott. You have a very decent old line. It ain't perfect, but you have a good enough old line to where Cooper Rush got time to throw the ball, which is crazy as hell. So I mean, if Cooper Rush got time, when Dak comes back and has time, you should still be feeding Zeke because you you're getting the looks that you want through the run game no matter what defense you um come up against even against our defense Tampa's defense we have a solid D line and they was even running the ball on us so it's like y'all can do it it's just you can't get so you can't get so Dak centric when he comes back especially when he's coming off an injury you definitely got to ease that back in if that is what y'all choose to go back to and also, we have to give credit to the defense. The defense has been playing way better than I thought. I thought it was going to be some mm -hmm. sort of a regression from last year. They lost Randy Gregory. He ended up going to Denver. But Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, and that secondary and that team has been playing way better than I would have expected. And they have been the real catalyst for this team because they're holding these opponents to 13, 17. I think even when they played the Bucs, the Bucs weren't getting anything easy. It was we always only one touchdown. Yeah, it was tough the whole time they were playing against the Cowboys. So the defense is really showing up and making it easier for the offense to, even though we have a backup quarterback, we can ease him into it because we're not down in games. We're not down big where he has to throw the whole time. We're keeping him in it and we're keeping the game close because the defense where Michael Parsons is doing his thing. So right now, Michael, I think Demarcus Lawrence had three sacks on Monday, something crazy. Mm -hmm. And Michael yep. Parsons has like four or five sacks on the season. So they've been doing their thing with that defensive line. So definitely credit to them. All right, moving on to the next game. We got, are the Packers back? So the Packers ended up playing the Bucks in week three. It was uh, the first couple of drives for the Packers. Honestly, looked like old Aaron Rodgers. Everything looked easy against a tough Tampa Bay defense. They scored 14 points early, but the game really changed toward the middle when Aaron Jones, he could have scored a touchdown. He ended up fumbling at the, red, uh, at the goal line, and they really didn't score after that. But the team... The defense really uh, stepped up in this game. Tampa Bay didn't have his, all of his receivers, but the defense stepped up. And the offense showed signs of going in the right direction. So are the Packers back in terms of being a threat in the NFC? I say they're back in terms of upsetting one of the top teams in the NFC. I don't think we can say they're going to be one of those top teams because, like you've been saying um, since the season started, the Bucks, the Rams, and the Eagles probably have those spots on lock. But they could be a team that is like, hey, they may not be one of the teams in the upper echelon, set one of these teams later down the line if they got to play them again. And I think Aaron Rodgers still has that effect on this team to where he can make something happen, even when he doesn't have all cylinders clicking. The receivers that he's throwing to, like these rookie receivers were lighting us up in the first, um, I can't even say the first half, really just the first quarter. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. 
after that, like it was it was back to the same old, same old from we saw the first two weeks of these receivers not catching passes or they're just not completing the routes to where he can get the ball to him. So the defense had to pick that up because you see his body language. You see A-Rod like, come on, y'all. Like, y'all got to get it. Like, y'all, we in week three. We playing good teams now. Like, we getting into the thick of the schedule. Aaron Rodgers' body language is saying a lot about how he still has some frustrations with this receiving core. So I think if they get if they finally get that under wraps, then yes, they could be one of those upset teams. I know it's crazy calling Green Bay an upset team, but I still don't see them as that point to where we could say they're back yet. What do I want to say? Aaron Rodgers showed me a lot because I picked the Packers to win this division, and he showed me that they're still capable of doing that, especially with the defense stepping up the way they did, getting the Tom Brady how they did, the secondary staying stout, especially without their number one corner and Jair Alexander. That was something that I needed to see from Green Bay. The defense had to step up for them, with the, especially with the offense lacking, with the wide receiver options, the defense had to step up, and that's the signs I wanted to see. So I think Aaron Rodgers is still capable of winning this division and getting to the playoffs. When they get there, are they going to be a threat? I mean, I don't know. Because with the Bucks healthy, with the Eagles healthy, with the – I mean, it's some other teams that I'm just way more worried about in the NFC – but they just gave me confidence that they can win their division. After week one, I was shaky on it. I was like, I don't even know if they're going to win their division because they got thumped <laughs> by the Vikings. But now I just have more confidence, even though the Vikings are 2 and one just like the uh, Packers are 2 and one I just have more confidence in Aaron Rodgers that he'll find a way to get the job done. So that's the biggest takeaway I got from this uh, week three game. So definitely shout out to Aaron Rodgers for doing that. And then one question I got to ask is about the Denver Broncos, bro. Because this isn't even like a week three topic. This is honestly like the culmination of all three weeks. Like, what is yep. going on in Denver? Like, them boys are two and one, but this is the ugliest two and one this I the have ugliest ever seen. Two and one. Ugliest two and one <laughs> I have. Like, y'all yo, lost to the Seahawks. Y'all damn near lost to the Texans. And then y'all went through a fucking dog. I don't even know how y'all won on Sunday. Jimmy G saved y'all doing Jimmy G shit. You know what I'm saying? Saved y'all with this W, which y'all should have lost this game. Like, and what is going on with Denver and Russell Wilson? Honestly, Denver should have won that San Francisco game handedly. Like, they, they really should. Because, first off, Jimmy, I, I give more kudos to Jimmy G keeping that game close as hell the way he did. Um, Not, not, him, not him alone keeping the game close as hell, but keeping them in the game at least. Because Jimmy G ain't take no snaps at all this season or even in the preseason. The man ain't even practiced for real during the offseason. They just threw this man out here, and he almost beat Denver in his first game starting? Like, that was crazy to me. Denver should have won this no, game by at least 14 how people points. Was gassing, now, how people was gassing Jimmy G last week. No, we expected more from Jimmy G. Y'all was dick-riding Jimmy G last week. Let's not act, nah. What y'all was saying, oh, Jimmy, oh, they finna be a way better team with Jimmy G. Oh, oh, oh geez. Oh, he never lose. Okay. We expected a way better game. I was saying that shit too. Nah, nah, nah. But yo, we expected a way better game from Jimmy G. Your first, your with first Kittle game coming starting. Back and all that. Your first game starting, you in Mile High Stadium. He played better last week. Man. And that was his know. first game playing. I'm, I'm looking at week. I'm looking at Denver a lot more crazy than San Francisco in that game. I'm oh, looking at sure. them like y'all y'all should have oh, won sure. by 14. Because it's it was Jimmy's first real game back. Not stepping in to finish the game. And this was his first game back starting. 
there should be no reason but why they're in the game. We seen some regular no Jimmy G shit. You cannot lie. We seen some regular Jimmy oh, G we, shit. We did. Some goofy Jimmy stepping out on on the safety line, out of bounds. Yeah. We seen some goofy Jimmy G shit. That's some regular Jimmy G would have did that if he played the whole season. Like that's some but regular Jimmy G shit. My my biggest critique on the on Denver right now is I don't think they really know what their offensive scheme or system is right now because I I just don't. I don't see anything flowing with Denver when they have the ball. It's like, I really don't know what they expect every time they get the ball offensively on each drive. Like, I don't know what's going to happen because Russ, in the first two weeks, Russ was kind of like, well, the first week, Russ was completely playing out of his game, I think, trying to be such a pocket passer. In the second half of week two, he was kind of getting to the point where he was like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to try and like save the game because there's no way we're going to, you know, play terrible two weeks in a row. And then with this past game against the 49ers, it's like, I think him and the head coach are just butting heads on what is our real scheme? What are we doing? Do y'all want me to play like my regular self or do y'all want me to fit into a system to where I I need to change my game? And I think they're both on a, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do type of thing to where we just don't know yet. And they need to fix that quick because the division you're in, you can't play like that. So Exactly. And that's, and that's the thing because the Raiders are out of it. The Raiders are not making the playoffs. They're 0-3. But y'all being 2-1, y'all are still in good position, but y'all are beating none of the top teams in y'all division, bro. If, if Y'all not even beating the Raiders if y'all keep playing how y'all playing, honestly, bro, because that shit's ridiculous. Y'all can't even score. I said it last week, bro, because I, I, I mentioned it in a, in a passing. They have to continue to feed Javante, bro. Javante Williams, the running back. I don't know why they keep playing Melvin Gordon, but he fumbles way too much. He almost fumbled twice and cost them the game on Sunday night. And we know his nickname is Fumbles Gordon. Why do y'all keep playing this nigga? Like, it don't make any sense to me. Y'all have their running, their run game has to be the catalyst of this offense, bro. Because we see in struggles of catching the ball from wide receivers and struggles with separation from the receivers as well. I think their catalyst has to be giving the ball to Javante, whether out of the backfield, running the ball, or just catching the ball out of the backfield as well. That has to be the catalyst. And you have to let Russ cook. Like, you just can't let Russ stay in the pocket and, oh, let me find somebody. Russ is best when he's improvising, finding people, running, because you have to worry about his pocket and his arm, and you got to worry about his and his and with his legs. You don't know what you're going to get with Russ. So when he's staying in the pocket the whole game, we don't have to worry about his legs. Shit, that's, that's helping the defense. Like, you have yeah. to get him on more rollouts, more with him in motion, not just with him sitting in the pocket. He's capable of doing it because he has the arm to do it, but he's not as comfortable as we've seen in the past three weeks. He has to be on more rollouts and more play action has to be involved with this game plan, which means you have to run the ball more with Javante. So it's been ugly. It's been ugly from Denver. Go ahead. When they when they play Oakland, not Oakland. When they play the Las Vegas, I I don't know, bro. Vegas might get their first win. <laughs> that shit is ridiculous, the, bro. This is the ugliest two and one team for sure. Ugliest, right bro. Y'all two and one by I don't even know how. Like so, <laughs> shout out to y'all defense. Y'all two and one because of y'all defense for sure. But that offense, man, that shit. Shout, shout out to the defenses. It's a lot of defenses saving teams. Saving this season seasons, so bro. <laughs> saving seasons. That's crazy, that defense, man. Shout out to uh, Patrick Sartan and uh, Bradley Chubb. Definitely had some big players on uh, Sunday night. But let's move on to the NFL Week 4 preview and the picks of the week, bro. 
let's first go through the games of the week. We got the Dolphins versus the Bengals and Thursday night football. No, that's going to be a game at Cincinnati. Yeah. We have Bills versus the Ravens, the battle of MVP candidates. Uh, Broncos versus Raiders. We just said. Oh, we said. Oh, they play. <laughs> hey, and the Raiders hey. at home. And the Raiders, oh, bro. The Raiders might get their first win. That's gonna be. We just talked about this shit. That's funny. That's as crazy, hell. bro. Oh, you got the Chiefs versus the Bucks. You got the Rams versus the 49ers. You got the Jaguars versus them Eagles. I told you. What did I tell y'all last week? Them Jags versus Chargers. I'm gonna save it for two hour Wednesday. I'm gonna save. It. I'm, gonna my, I'm gonna get my takes off for sure. I'm gonna get my takes off. But uh, yeah, man, let's slide through these picks of the week, man. It's a lot of good games this week, though. A lot it of is. good games. And like Edgar mentioned before, we don't know what's going to happen. Like it could be an upset between any of these, even the st- the games we think of for sure, like the the Browns and the Falcons. Like the Falcons might come out and just whoop. I'm about to say like, Atlanta. Atlanta just won last week. Exactly. Like we just don't know what to expect with any of these teams. I'm still bro. never I- picking Atlanta. <laughs> I'm still never picking up boys. I don't care. <laughs> All right, man. So let's start off with Thursday night football. We got the Dolphins versus the Bengals. Ooh. Damn, bro. I want to go with Joe so bad, but the Dolphins looking crazy. I'm going to go with Joe at home, bro. I'm going to go with the Bengals. You think they showed enough at the Jets to really give that confidence? I don't, I don't know if it was that, but <laughs> I, I got I to go with Joe, bro. Joe been letting me down majority of the season so far. I got to go with Joe. He got to show me something against a good team. This is a tough one, bro. I'm riding with the Dolphins, but I'm scared. This is a four-point spread on Bavada. This one going to be close, bro. Yeah, this one going to be a close one. Nick and Nick for sure. I'm going to roll with the Dolphins, though. Next, we got the, the Vikings versus the Saints. You know, before we uh, dive into Vikings. the game, bro, before we dive into the game, I want to get my moment of truth off. This is a, this is a segment. Because <laughs> I, I have to have a moment of truth for myself, bro. Edgar has been saying it for so many years now, like, uh, about Jameis. And it's like, I didn't want to believe him. I, I have to admit <laughs> that. I didn't want to believe him. But after watching these last few weeks, it's like, I can, I can make up so many excuses for Jameis, but I'm just tired. I feel like an old <laughs> black lady who's been through this, this bullshit so many times. I'm just tired, like. So I'm sick I, and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> That's really the new point I'm at right now. And Jameis, like, I will forever continue to root for you, bro, but just not on this podcast. Like, I, I just can't do it no more, bro. Like, on, I, on wax, on my platform, I just can't continue to root for you. Like, behind closed doors, I will, but this is just tough to come to re- reality with. Like, losing the games that he's lost over the past couple of weeks, I know he has a back injury and all that. Like I said, I can make excuses for him, but... They're losing games they're not supposed to lose, bro. And, and it's just hurting my heart, bro, that I had to say this about Jameis. So that's my that's my moment of truth segment. Because it was um it was somebody I was talking to. I think it was one of her aunties I was talking to um one week, and she was like, They they don't never just want to get a black QB a chance. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, we are not pulling the race car with Jameis <laughs> We are not doing this. Like and then, and people love to say like he didn't really have a fair chance in Tampa Bay and it's like when are we gonna realize this man had weapons galore for majority of his career even now like you got Chris Olave Jarvis Landry Michael Thomas Alvin Kamara in the backfield you have the Saints D line which is one of the best D lines in the um in the um football league like 
when are we going to stop giving this man excuses? I don't think any black QB has had more excuses than Jameis Winston. And we don't even get excuses that often. But if it's one black QB that has got an excuse after excuse after excuse, it's this man. When he couldn't get it done with Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, I was like, I don't know what more y'all want. I don't know what more y'all need to see. I, I really don't. So I've been telling y'all for five to six years, he's not the guy. I have never seen a number one draft pick take five in the NFL take five to six years to improve. I, re I really have not seen it. Please show me an all-star, all-pro quarterback, black, white, whatever, who has taken more than two to three seasons to improve and be who we thought they were. Jameis has shown y'all from day one who he is. He'll give you 30 touchdowns, but he'll give you 30 picks and possibly an L at the same time. So that that's that's all my that's all I had to say. I told y'all I wasn't gonna say shit. I was gonna let y'all come to this moment of truth. Like I had to and just understand that this is who he is. I don't care if it's on the Chiefs, I don't care if it's on the Saints, the Ravens, the Bucks, it don't matter. He is who he is. Like just plain and simple. I don't know how he's still a starter. He's really he's a unicorn. I've never seen a black quarterback get, get this many passes. I swear to God, I've never seen him before. Oh man. Like I said, Jameis, I will continue to root for you, man, but just not openly. I, I just can't do it anymore. I can't do it. Uh, and all right, so back to the Vikings versus the Saints. And it's I funny because like, I, I still feel like a fool <laughs> from this nigga like the people say. Like, I, I still do. I can't even lie. I still feel like a no, fool. No, and, and that's the thing. He, this is what Jameis be doing, y'all. <laughs> Jameis would give y'all a game oh, where he got four man. touchdowns, no oh, picks. Man. He, he'll have like what 300 yards niggas be like see this is what we get and then three weeks in a row he gives y'all four interceptions 172 yards like 30 yards rushing and then y'all be like man he, he did what he was supposed to do the other week though like <laughs> y'all fall for the flashes still after five to six years y'all let it flashes fool y'all even fits magic we was calling Fitzpatrick fits magic for the little bit of time that he was doing good, but we know what overall he is too. So <sighs> I, I gotta take that. I gotta take that. But uh I'm gonna roll with the I'm gonna still roll with the Saints, man. I got that's fine. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> he's still he's god damn. I'm, I'm still rolling with the Saints. I still love their defense. Bears versus Giants. Uh Bears versus Giants. I got the Giants. I really thought they um could have pulled it off at home and beat Dallas, but they let me down. But like, I got them against the Bears, though. Even the Bears being two and one, they're supposed to be the worst team in the in the conference, and they are two and one right now, beating the what did they beat? They beat uh, I know for sure they uh, beat Houston last week. Yeah, and they beat San Francisco in week yes. one. So they yeah, yeah with like, the with the rainy weather with, with the, the rainy, rainy weather. So it's like Justin Fields, they barely be having that nigga throw the ball. They got two wins on the season. Like, like that shit is nuts to me, bro. I'm rolling with the Giants. I'm rolling with the Giants. I'm, I'm going to go with the Giants. Bills versus Ravens. Whew. Damn, this going to be good. Mm. Before I even give um, before I even get my pick on this, shout out to Lamar for this revenge season that he on right now, bro. Because he's showing the Ravens, y'all dumb as hell for not giving me that money. And I'm going to show y'all every single game why y'all deserve to give me this money. Why I deserve for y'all to give me this money. Lamar Jackson, by himself, has accounted for 12 touchdowns this season. 
the rest of the NFL collectively has scored no more than I think the Lions. The Lions have the next amount of um, touchdowns with 12. So Lamar Jackson by himself has more touchdowns or just as many touchdowns as the next leading NFL team. So Lamar is going crazy right now. I think he's leading in passing yards. I think he's he's leading in touchdowns. I think he's leading in QB rushing yards. He's leading in every statistical category when it comes to quarterbacks right now. Shout out to Lamar Jackson, bro. Show them why you deserve to get that money. Even if you leave, show them what they're going to be missing on your revenge tour, bro. So shout oh, out to for Lamar sure. for that. I have a tour on Wednesday about that. But um, this this is a tough one because he on this revenge tour, but the Bills are the Bills yeah. coming off of a tough roll. Yeah, you said, yeah, said all that good shit. Well, yeah, I don't got the Bills. <laughs> all that good shit. I'm gonna go with the Bills on the road. I just had to get Lamar his flowers for that, but I'm gonna be mad if they lose the game because it's the Bills. But yeah. I got the Bills on the road. Browns versus Falcons. I got Browns. Browns. I, I told hey. you, don't, don't whoever Atlanta plays, just give me the other team. <laughs> I, take, I, I will take that L if Atlanta wins. Just give me the other team. I don't care who they play. Hey, we gotta start talking about the Browns because didn't I say you asked me before the season like who the best running back is going to be before the season? I think you asked me that, and I said yep. damn, it's going to be Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb has been playing like the best running back in the NFL. Nobody talks about him. Nobody ever talks about him, honestly. And he's been consistently a top five running back. Well, I ain't, I ain't seen no Browns years. games. I ain't seen no Browns no, games yet. They played on Thursday. <laughs> they, they, did they play on Thursday night? I think they, played, they played the Steelers on Thursday night. And they, yeah, that, well, that, nigga, that was one game I watched. That damn was. niggas. He was eating, bro. The running game was going crazy. And he has to start getting his respect as being the best running back in the NFL. Because oh, yeah. we can talk about Derrick Henry being 6'4", being fast as hell. But niggas be stacking the box and he be getting limited sometimes. Nick Chubb, every game gives you 100 yards plus, bro. 100 yards plus. And when nobody ever talks about that man. And that's why I still think the Browns could be a playoff team, even with Deshaun missing 11 games, can still be a playoff team because of that running game and because of the defense being so solid, bro. But I got the Browns, bro. Yeah, I do. Next game, we got, got the Charger versus Texas. Uh, Taz had texted me about this, too. That nigga said Joey Bosa was like, I feel like Taz just – he just put a plague on so many people with all this injury talk. He was having before the season even started. He was just pretending. And it was black people, was... too. He was yeah, black was... people and wasn't knocking on wood. Yeah, that's crazy. Man. Yeah. Shout out to Taz. <laughs> but yeah. that boy texted me and said, Joey Bosa hurt, LOL. Knowing that was my defensive player. The nigga, said, nigga said, but, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got the Texans for the – I don't even know if this is an upset because Justin Herbert not even playing. So, I got the Texans at home. Oh, it's bro. confirmed he's not playing? I, I believe so. I needed to look it up. He shouldn't have played last week, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert injury report. Because even if he do play, Joey Bosa hurt. Keenan Allen still hurt, I think. So. Oh, yeah, he not playing. He not playing. Yes. Yeah, so, so I got the Texans. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I got the Texans too. The Texans are a scrappy team. Like, don't let the Texans fool you now. Just because they haven't won a game yet. They've been in every game they have played against some good competition too. So don't mm-hmm. sleep on the Texans. Uh, Commanders versus Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. Uh, Jags versus Eagles. Oh boy, Ooh, this might this be game be... of the week, Haki. Yeah, they they should have put this around like four o'clock, so we could. They should have made it Sunday night football because why not? Oh no 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 no! I ain't gonna say all that. The the, the four twenty five slot would have been just perfect. 
Uh, damn. Wow. Uh, are the Eagles gonna lose their first game? I got the Eagles, bro. I think the Eagles gonna stay undefeated through Week Four, and they're gonna beat the Jags. Oh, this is a tough one, bro. I like both teams, bro. Honestly, I like both teams. Mm, that that Jags defense. Y'all don't know about that Jags defense yet. Y'all gonna find out soon. Damn. See, it's crazy because like I would have picked the Jags, but I'm last in the pick 'em. So it's like, do I want to be safe or do I want to be? <laughs> I'm about to say, you don't want to be too crazy. <laughs> yeah. The the Texans is as wild as I'm gonna go. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like in this year, it's like. Picking the Jags and the Texans in the same week is it, a wild. It's not crazy. It's not it's wild. It's really not crazy right now. So I'm gonna go with the Jags. Fuck it. Why not? Jags. <laughs> Eagles get their first L. Jets versus Steelers. Oh, ooh. this might be tough. A upset could happen with this. And I think Zach Wilson coming back for this week. I'm pretty sure. I think I got an update. I'm yep. gonna pick the Jets, bro. I I like the Steelers. I love Mike Tomlin. I got a little bit more faith in Mr. Bisky than other people. But I'm gonna go with the Jets. I think the Jets offensively are gonna be able, be capable to score as opposed to um Mr. Bisky and that Steelers offense. So I, I got the Jets with the upset on the road at that. Facts. I got the Jets. Uh Jack Wilson comes back. I think the offense gets improved, and that defense has been playing pretty solid. Uh Steelers defense is good, but the offense with Trubisky is terrible. Because outside of Micah Fitzpatrick, I ain't looking at the Steelers defense too like like they're too crazy. So yeah. Seahawks versus Lions. The Lions should be two and one, bro. Why they had yeah, the ball like that versus the Vikings, bro? Y'all fucking with my prediction of y'all making the playoffs because y'all want to fold, <laughs> bro. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll never, I'll never be mad at Captain Kirk. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Lions. Definitely, they need to redeem themselves last week from last week because they should have won. So I got the Lions. I got the Lions. Titans versus Colts. Ugh. The Colts pissed me off, bro. Y'all tying with the Texans and getting blown out by the Jazz, but y'all beat the Chiefs? Give me the goddamn Colts. <laughs> give, me, give me the Colts, bro. <laughs> give me the Colts, bro. <laughs> I give can't the trust Titans. the Titans right now. G- give me the Colts. Give me the Titans. I think a lot of things with the Colts wave. I don't even think they should have won the game on uh, Sunday. I'm going to the Titans. I got the Titans. Cardinals versus Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are favored in this game too. Surprise! Yeah, I'm about to say that. I, yeah. I heard the um, the Panthers supposed to win this game. Um, hmm. I go with the Cardinals on the road. It's a tough one, bro. Why is this game at four o'clock? That's what I'm confused on. They got it at four o five. It's like yeah, you know, you're not say... the, you're not the prime time four o'clock, but it's like you playing at four because you're on the West Coast. Like yeah. But uh, no, they on the East. They Carolina. Oh, they have Panthers. Oh, damn. Yeah, I don't know why they. They should. They should have been a one o'clock game. The, the, that's what I'm saying, bro. The Eagles and the Jaguars. That would have been perfect for four o five. Cardinals and Panthers. That could have been an easy little one o'clock early afternoon game. Nobody even watching that shit. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Uh, damn, bro. I don't want to pick Baker, but it's like the Cardinals have not been looking good. Hmm. I, I trust that over Baker, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> Who did the Cardinals hey, play I, last week? Oh, the Cardinals played the Rams. Oh, yeah, I got the Cardinals. I got the Cardinals. If if I'm not siding with Baker, y'all know it is all hope is lost. So <laughs> I got the Cardinals. Broncos versus Raiders. 
The Raiders getting their first win of the season, bro. I refuse to see them go 0-4. Raiders got that dub at home. Raiders for sure. Patriots versus Packers. Mm. This is this is a we ain't nobody has really talked about the Patriots at all this season yet. Mac Jones this just got a, hurt. Yeah. Um this is a big game for the Patriots, but I'm gonna go with the Packers though. A Rod coming off of a, a roll win against Tom Brady. He gonna be back at home prime time Sunday. Yeah, I got I got the Packers for sure. I got the Packers. Mac Jones is hurt. I'm pretty sure he's not playing, so no chance. Chiefs versus Bucks. Whew. I know what I want to do, but I didn't yeah. figure out what I could do. <laughs> this is the game you want to wait until like the, the last second to make your pick type shit. Yeah, it really is. Because you don't but, know who playing for the Bucks. But what what's the fun in that? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, damn, bro. I don't want to see us take two L's back to back. And we at home. We at the crib. Wait, no, we not at the crib. We playing at a neutral site, I think. I think they playing at Miami. Yeah. That's yeah, re- regard, regardless, we, we still got to get the dub whether we're at yeah. home or away. Um, I got the book. Damn. I got the book. Because the Chiefs coming off of a ugly-ass loss against the, the Colts. Patrick Mahomes is not trying to have two L's back to back. That defense crazy, uh, though, so I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Bucks, bro. I, I'm going to just – this is my fourth time in a row going with the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Bucks. Home – not home, but – uh. We we coming off of a, a really bad L against Green Bay, so I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Rams versus 49ers. Rams. Rams for sure. All right, and those are the picks of the week. All right, moving on to college football week four recap. There was a couple of interesting games going on going down in college football. We had Texas AM versus Arkansas. We had Tennessee beat up on Florida. And I got a question about if Clemson is back since they got the win over a top-ranked, not top-ranked, but a ranked uh, Wake Forest team. First game I want to talk about is Texas A&M versus Arkansas. I told y'all last week about Texas A&M. They are a better team because they got a new quarterback. The quarterback played big. One of their receivers got hurt, Anaya Smith. That's going to be a big blow. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he's out for the rest of the season. But that was a big big W over, I think, 10th-ranked Arkansas. So definitely shout out to Texas A&M. I think Arkansas plays Alabama this week, so that's another tough matchup for uh, Alabama most likely. But Texas A&M, I think, is still going to be the lead threat for Alabama. So that's the game that we have to continue to look for, especially looking deeper in the season. But one of um, Texas A&M's wide receivers is somebody that's sticking out to me. Dude named Evan Stewart? Nigga was going crazy in that game versus Arkansas. So that's somebody, even though their top receiver, Anaya Smith, got hurt, Evan Stewart, who is a freshman right now, is going to play big for them, especially in a game versus Alabama. So that's my biggest takeaway. Uh, my biggest takeaway was let, let me get my jokes off about FSU. <laughs> Y'all are finally ranked. Y'all can please shut the hell up now. <laughs> oh, boy, because FSU fans was crying over the last three weeks. We're 3 0. How are we not even ranked? Florida's been losing like one or two games, and they're still in the top 25. Well, being ranked doesn't even matter because we're better than y'all. Y'all are finally the hell up. Y'all are number twenty three out of the top twenty five. There, <laughs> they had they had to do it because y'all four and zero. It ain't got nothing to do with who y'all beat. It's just y'all four and zero. Y'all FSU, and they're like, we we can't let this go on any further. They these fans gonna kick our ass if we don't rank them. That's Back. really why y'all rank. But anyway, 
Uh, big takeaway I had was I don't know what the fuck Georgia had going on this um past week. Letting Kent State get 22 points on you was wild as hell. Y'all pulled away with the dub, but that was crazy as hell to me. Um, Wake Forest ain't nothing to sneeze at, but I don't know if I can say Clemson is back. Um, they won the game 51-45, but and like I said, Wake Forest ain't nothing to sneeze at. But in order for me to say you back, they would have had to like beat them by at least 20 to 30 points. Um mm. Florida, I, I didn't expect us to win this game. Um, so I had nothing to say about that. Uh yeah, that was about it. Those were my biggest takeaways from this past week. Going to that uh that Tennessee and Florida game. Like I said, it wasn't about Florida more so than that. It was about Tennessee being like a real threat to Georgia down the line. Like you said, Georgia had a, a tough matchup versus Te- uh, Kent State. A lot of people thought that was going to be a blowout. And they really had some trouble in terms of, I don't know if they were just overlooking them. Most likely that was the issue. But they really didn't like the Georgia team that we've seen really dominating in the first few weeks. Really had a lot of slip-ups. And Tennessee really were was hitting on all cylinders until like the last couple yep. of minutes when they were giving Florida like hope at the end. But Tennessee's offense is crazy. Like, Florida couldn't stop that shit, like, at all. Even if they wanted to, Florida's offense couldn't stop it. And this entire season, Tennessee's offense has been going crazy. Uh, Hendon Hooker is in the conversation to be uh, in the, to be at the Heisman, uh, Heisman candidate right now. Hitting on all cylinders. Tennessee is a top-10 team. I think they are the biggest threat to Georgia, and they can really give them boys a run for their money for sure because that, that Georgia defense ain't uh, all-time like it was last year. Like, you can really take advantage of that Georgia defense this year. And I think Tennessee has the offense and their capabilities to take advantage of that. So I think Tennessee is a threat to Georgia in the SEC East for sure. And with that Clemson game, I was impressed because of the offense more so than the defense because DJU hasn't been looking the best in the past few weeks. But it was the fact that the offense was actually hitting on all cylinders. It's not like Wake Forest has the best defense, but it's like you wanted to see some sort of rhythm from him uh, this season, and we finally seen it in that shootout of a game. Because I didn't think they were capable of winning shootouts because of the, the the offense and, like, the limitations, but they did, and that surprised me. So definitely shout out to Clemson. They got another tough game this week, if I'm not tripping. Do they? No, Wake Forest plays Florida State. Never mind. Wake Forest plays Florida State. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Who does Clemson play this week? They Oh, they do. They play NC State. That's a big game. NC State. Oh, 10. they do play NC State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I knew I went tripping. Okay, yeah. And they and they at the crib now, so they can't get upset. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of good ass games. A lot of ranked games this week in uh, college football for sure. Oklahoma State and Baylor. That's gonna yeah. be tough. And last thing before we move on to college football picks, I wanted to talk about Miami versus Middle Tennessee State. Good guy, Miami. Y'all, y'all yeah. fucking with me, man. I, I I had so much hope. For y'all, like a couple of weeks ago, and then y'all y'all go ahead and lose to Middle Tennessee State. Somebody y'all paid one point five million dollars to to come and blow them out, and y'all get dogged at home. <laughs> like that's that has to be one of the worst losses in program history. It's not the fact that y'all lost, but the fact that the offense couldn't even move against Middle Tennessee State. Like that was embarrassing. And y'all supposed to have a first round quarterback. Tyler Van Dyke, I know that nigga stopped dropping faster than the goddamn hot grits because that shit is ridiculous, my <laughs> nigga. That shit ridiculous, bro. You can't beat Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> and you supposed to be a first rounder? Come on. They put the backup in. The backup was doing better than him. That shit was ridiculous, bro. That has to be the worst loss in program history. Miami got to tighten up, bro. I thought y'all hey, was going to be back. Side to Rome. That boy Rome was hurt. 
Come he on, heard off that. And he he happy as hell because his Dolphins winning, <laughs> but that nigga pissed at Miami, right? Hey, <laughs> sometimes it feel like that, bro. It's like, do I have to sacrifice one to get the other? Because <laughs> I, 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 I will do that. <laughs> I'll definitely sacrifice it. But yeah, that was embarrassing. I thought y'all was almost back, Miami. I'm like, y'all got some steps to take. And moving on to the college fu- football week five preview. Let's go through some of the biggest games of the week. We got Kentucky versus Ole Miss, seven versus 14. I like Kentucky on the road. I didn't know Kentucky was still top 10. Kentucky solid, but I'm going to – ooh, do I want to go with Ole Miss? Ooh. I'm going to get freaky and go with Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is honestly favored in this game, so I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Because yeah. Lane Kiffin is still the coach of Ole Miss, if I'm not mistaken, too. Because that's mm-hmm. nothing but offense right there. And they got a yeah. seven-point spread on Bavadi. Yeah, I'm going with Ole Miss in that one. Another ranked matchup, we got Alabama versus Arkansas, two versus 20. Hey, Alabama on the road, bruh. This a hey, shot the mat, bro. Shot the mat landers from the bird. Hey, I hope he have a big game against Alabama, bro. Ooh, that's that's gonna be a game to watch this weekend. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm gonna pick Bama just to yeah. play it safe, but that's gonna be a lookout for upset of the week. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Yeah, I got I got Alabama. It's gonna be it's gonna it's not. I don't think it's gonna be that close. But it's gonna be close for the first half, and then we, Alabama. We said will that about away. Texas. We said that about Texas, bro. No, nah. I like, Ar- I like nah, Arkansas. No, we didn't say. I, I thought Texas was gonna be a blowout in Texas. Actually, oh, well, up. you were you were part of the one percent. Ninety nine percent of us said this shit was supposed to be a blowout. So, <laughs> no, nah, that's what I said too. I said the Texas versus what's name was supposed to be a blowout. I think this game gonna be close in the first half, and then I think yeah, they'll start to stretch it out. Oh, uh, we like, got. Oh, uh, I about to say I like Wake Forest to. Put Florida State back to reality and go ahead and get them that uh, get them that quick L so they can clearly just shut the hell up and realize they're not supposed to be top twenty five. I actually like Florida State in that game, bro. I got Florida State winning that Wake Forest matchup. We got Oklahoma State versus Baylor, nine versus sixteen. Uh, hmm. I like Baylor at the crib. I like Oklahoma State to pull that one out. Damn, it's a lot of good games this week, bro. My time, bro. I feel like we was waiting on a week like this. It's a lot of good-ass games. All right, moving on, we got the – this is not uh, ranked versus ranked, but Texas A&M versus Mississippi State, and Mississippi State is favored, and they are at home. Damn, so can Texas favored? A&M. Yep, Mississippi State is favored. That's crazy as hell. I got Texas A&M. I got Texas A&M. I, I get it. It's the SEC matchup. You know, it's a tough team in Mississippi State. But to say they favored over a top 17 program and they're not ranked at the hell all, I, I just think that's crazy as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I got Texas A&M, though. Pull that, that one out. That, that would have been like saying Texas was favored over Alabama. It was like, what? Like, <laughs> we get the hype, but calm down. Like, <laughs> We got uh, SC State versus Clemson, 10 versus 5 matchup. Uh, NC State versus Clemson. This one's going to be close, bro. This one's going to be close is, all the way through. It's not going to be a shootout, though, but it's going to be close. NC State. Hold on. I got Clemson. I got... Hmm. Because I, I yeah, seen I got, the first... I got Clemson. I got Clemson. I seen the first week game from NC State, and that would never leave my mind. They almost lost to East Carolina. Y'all not going to fool me because they had a couple of cupcakes these last couple of weeks. I'm not going to let y'all – just because they top 10 don't mean they a top 10 team. So I'm not going to be fooled. I think Clemson has shown more throughout the season. So hey, I'm rolling Utah with Utah showed us that. Utah showed us, hey, y'all top 10, but y'all ain't y'all top not a, 10. Yeah, <laughs> y'all not a top 10 team. The NC State is definitely not a top 10 team. So I got Clemson. And then we just got some, uh, 
USC playing Arizona State. USC from the dog, them boys. Stanford versus Oregon. I mean, Stanford could like have a fight, but yeah, I got Oregon. And definitely shot the USC as well. USC been doing that thing. But one thing, I wanted to talk about Arizona State a little bit too, because they ended up firing my man, Herm yeah. Edwards. But I don't like the way he was fired, though. They fired my nigga on the field before he even went to the locker room. It was It's a video up on social media. He's walking toward the locker room after the loss. Two of the, I guess two of the ADs ended up pulling the man saying like, yeah, come over here. And they ended up firing him on the field. Like you can see it because of like reading lips and shit like that. You can see like what they were talking about. It's like, it's just, that shows that you just have no class, bro. Like, yes, has uh, uh, Herm Edwards underperformed at Arizona State? Yes. But it's a way to do things, bro. You could have fired yeah. that man in the locker room. You could have fired that man after the game, what like the day after. But firing him on the field is just not the way to go, bro. That shit just looks so bad. Like, what what would a 30-minute 30, a 30 difference would have been between firing him now and then firing him, firing him in the locker room? Like, that shit yeah, the, the unprofessionalism is Yeah. Crazy. I didn't like that shit at all, bro. And uh, moving on from that, we got two wild Wednesday. Thank you. You can start it off. Uh, my first one, Derrick Henry will not rush for 1,000 yards this season. Too wild or not too wild. Out for the first three weeks, I don't think he's had a rush for – he hasn't had a rushing day over 80-something yards. Yeah, I he think had the 85 last two this past week, week. Yeah. Yeah, this past week was 85. The week before that was 37. I don't even remember what the hell week one was. So, Derrick Henry will not rush for 1,000 yards this season. Too he would get 1,000, but I think a lot of people were expecting him to get 2,000 this year. but So, he will not get 2,000. Not at all. So, yeah. Oh, he had 82 in week one, 25 in week two, and 85 in week three. So, he has 192 on the season. Like I said, I think he gets 1,000, but he doesn't get uh 1,500. I don't think he gets 1,500 this year. Mm-hmm. I'll say too wild. Yeah, he'll get a thousand, but that that fifteen to two thousand, that's he gonna. Ju- I think yeah. Derrick Henry is just barely gonna touch a thousand this season. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I think he gonna get there, get over that pretty easily. Cause you know they gonna keep feeding them over there. That shit, thirty carries a game. Shit, you already know how they gonna do. But Ooh. but what is it gonna do if you only getting you not even getting ninety yards a game like? Because yeah. you only had a hundred something yards within the first three to four weeks of the season, yeah. You usually be at like three, four hundred by now, yeah. So, because he only averaging three yards a carry right now, three and a half which yards is a carry, low as hell, yeah. As he low. Was, like last year, he was averaging low at what, like five at least. So, he was averaging four last year, but the three years before that, he was averaging five, yeah. So, yeah, definitely surprised. They're stacking the box on that, nigga. making it hard for him, like, hey. Some got a shake, you know what I'm saying? They ain't got no wide receivers to worry about now. Exactly. So. That's why I be saying about the Tanny. Niggas be like, the Tanny, yo, man. It's like, nigga, the Tanny ain't got nobody to fucking throw to. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> nigga got a rookie in Robert Woods. What else supposed to make shit shake with? God damn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on, we got, uh, oh, I, oh, I got a good one. Good one for the Jags fans. Trevor Lawrence will make an AFC championship game before Justin Herbert. Too wild or not too wild? <laughs> this man, man purposely made this for me. He had nobody else in mind when he made this bowl. Too damn wild. Justin Herbert and the Chargers organization will reach an AFC championship game before the Jags. Not too wild. 
The Jags defense is on point, and it's young, and it's going to get even better soon. Like, all we need is a couple more pieces on offense, and we straight when it comes to the wide receiver. Got some good running backs for Robinson and ETN. Trevor Lawrence is him. I got a I got a two-hour Wednesday about him, too, so definitely wait for that one. Uh, I got Trevor Lawrence is him. Just got to get him some more wide receivers. And the defense is a top-five defense, bro, in the league, in my opinion, bro. They're not letting up anything. We just seen them, boys, against the Chargers. That nigga Herbert couldn't do shit. Herbert was hurt, so y'all can give him that excuse. But even if he wasn't hurt, bro, he wasn't going to get shit on that Jags defense, bro. The only weakness is the secondary. That's a big weakness. But the weakness is a secondary for sure. But even they played big in this matchup. But the front seven, Devin Lloyd, uh, my nigga who just got drafted this year, Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, them boys get to the quarterback. And I think they are forced the most, most turnovers in the league so far through three weeks. So they get into the quarterback and is forcing turnovers. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of the Jags. Not this year, but before Justin Herbert, like you said, Taz ended up bringing up all them injuries that the Chargers usually have. Usually going to happen in years to come. And let's just let's call it how it is. You got Khalil Mack. You got Joey Bosa. Them boys stay hurt. Knock on wood. We want to see them healthy, but they stay hurt. So Justin Herbert would not make it to an AFC Championship game before Trevor Lawrence. So, yes, not too wild. Too wild. Too wild. Not too wild. You got it. Uh, my next one. Trey Lance's career in San Francisco is already over. Too wild or not too wild? Not y'all too know, wild. Or not too y'all wild. know, he's had a, a, a season-ending um injur- injury, and Jimmy Garoppolo had to step in for him last week. And he's on, um, well, the week before last, I want to say. And this past week, he had to start against the um, Denver Broncos. Jimmy G is not perfect. He's not even necessarily above average, but he's in that average tier of quarterbacks to where he can win you by 70% of your games. He could win you a big game if he's just playing right on that day and he completes 70% of his passes, which is better than a lot of other starting quarterbacks in the NFL. With the weapons that San Francisco has, if Jimmy G can get this team to the playoffs this year, I don't think it's too wild to say Trey Lance's career in San Francisco is over because they already didn't play him the first season or two since drafting him. And then now when you do try to play him, he gets hurt, and it's a season-ending injury, and you got Jimmy G stepping in who could get you to where he got you before with a Super Bowl and playoff contention. I think Trey Lance, they're going to trade that boy, bro. I say not too wild. Too wild, bro. Too, too wild. I think Jimmy G is gone after this year completely, not even on the team anymore. And they're going to purely focus on Trey Lance. So Trey Lance doesn't have to look over his shoulder. I think you still have to give him the the optimal amount of chances for him to take the job because you gave up so much draft capital, capital to get him. So you just can't give up on him after like a season when you gave up so much to get him. It's like, no, you have to give him like multiple chances to actually become the franchise quarterback for this team. I don't think, I think the thing about Jimmy G, yes, he's a good average quarterback, but there's a ceiling with Jimmy G. And I think that's what you got uh, Trevor Lawrence for because, not Trevor Lawrence, but uh, Trey Lance for because there's not a ceiling there. It's like, you really don't know what his ceiling is and you still have to see what that is for right now. So I think too wild on that one. I think they still have to see what uh, Trey Lance is for now. All right, moving on. Lamar Jackson is the MVP and the best player in the NFL right now. Too wild or not too wild? 
See, this, this is what, for you, those of y'all who know me know about Two Wild Wednesday. Wednesday <laughs> loves to put two separate things into one question. Two wild about gonna, two wild, bro. He's not going to let you answer one. No, <laughs> two wild about two wild. But I always go against the grain, and I only answer one part of the question. So, <laughs> is Lamar Jackson the MVP? Not too wild. It is too wild, though, that he is the best player in the NFL. I, I just, I can't, I can't give him that at the I don't, I don't think not too wild to both of them. I think he has shown that he is the most valuable player in this league. And I think that makes him the best player in the league because he does so much for his team. Can we name a quarterback? You just said everything that he's done this year. The quarterback rating, he's first in all of the touchdowns accounted for all of this good shit. He should be three and off. His defense wasn't so garbage. Like who is playing better than this man right now? You can't name a player. Got, name a player playing better Pat than Mahomes. him right now. I, I look he like Pat Mahomes. Right now, yeah. Over, Lam- come on, bro. Come I got Lamar on, bro. top three. Lamar top three right now. Over Lamar right now? No, 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 no. Best player in the NFL and MVP, Lamar Jackson is, bro. Edgar, you already listed off all the accomplishments, so I'm not gonna do that. But he is the MVP right now for what he's doing for that team. Yeah, because I, we I won't we argue we, that. we had we had low expectations for the Raiders or the Ravens coming into the season. Oh, their defense isn't as good. Oh, who he going to throw to? But somehow Lamar Jackson is making it shake with this squad, bro. He's the leading rusher. He's the leading passer in the NFL. Who is playing better than him? We can say 2-1 and one and make excuses for that Dolphins loss, but he played great in the Dolphins game too. So it's like in every game versus the Dolphins, the Patriots, and I'm forgetting who they played in week one. He's played excellent, bro. And I think he's showing that he's the best player in the NFL. Hey, I, I, and, I don't know. I can't. I can't argue the MVP point, but if it, he gets hurt right now, who is replacing him? Nobody. That's why I said I can't own um, what you call it. The the boy Huntley. The boy Huntley And who guy. is more valuable, bro? If Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. Who the hell behind Patrick Mahomes? But listen to what I'm saying though. If Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, what happens to the Chiefs? If Lamar Jackson gets hurt, what happens to the Ravens? Do the Chiefs still make the playoffs? And are the Ravens still a playoff team if Lamar or Patrick Mahomes get hurt? Knock on wood, obviously. I don't think either one of them make the playoffs. If you lose Patrick Mahomes, I don't I honestly I cannot tell you who the secondary or third string quarterback is for it's the probably Chiefs. Still right Chad now. Haney. I honestly don't. Chad Haney won a playoff game with them. Mm. Or it might nah. be Matt Moore, one of the two. Oh hell no! Yeah. <laughs> oh, hell no. Might be one of the two. <laughs> I, 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 shit, I honestly don't think either one of them making the playoffs. If either one of them go down, even though the Chiefs still have weapons galore, if you don't have that focal piece of in a tough division at that, we just said we're gonna give the Raiders the first um their first win of the season. So if they turn it around, if the Broncos keep somehow winning games, like I I don't know, they might not even. We already said it's a chance they can't win their division. But if Pat Mahomes were to go down, I don't even know if they're making the playoffs. But it's but the same the thing, thing with Lamar Jackson, though. No, I so don't think I, it's I the think same thing because both. he's. I think he's more important to the run game, though. Like, in terms True. of running backs, like, he's the leading True. rusher as well and the leading passer. So you're losing a hit from both perspectives. Where That's from the, from the uh, the Chiefs, you're losing your, your best passer, probably the best quarterback in the NFL. But y'all losing him, but y'all still got to run again. You still got one of the best coaches in the NFL, Andy Reid. It's so much that you can lean back on with the Raiders. It's like, if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson's greatness, 
What? Where are y'all this season? Huh? Nowhere. Nowhere. And I think he should be demanding $300 million and it should be fully guaranteed. And I think after this season, they're going to have to give it to him. All that guaranteed, fully guaranteed shit, they're going to have to give it to him, bro. Oh, that man walking. That man walking. That's what I said. They trying to talk about franchise tag. I ain't signing no franchise tag, nigga. That I ain't signing that. Give me 300 fully guaranteed. That's how I'm looking at it. I've been trying to tell Dequez for like three weeks now. Lamar is leaving. You need to pick a new NFL team. Like, because you <laughs> you're clearly not going to be a Ravens fan. <laughs> yeah. Go to the door. Uh, my last one, uh, which 3-0 team is more impressive, the Eagles or the Dolphins? They both got tough matchups this week. The Eagles play the Jags at home, and the Dolphins play Cincinnati on the road. But which 3-0 team has been more impressive so far? That's tough. I think the Eagles have looked more impressive, but they haven't played the competition of somebody like the Ravens and the Bills. Like, they don't have the wins that the Dolphins do. But I think the Eagles have looked more impressive in their wins. So I will say the Eagles. I will say the Eagles, too. Although we've had our questions about Tua and whether or not he could throw the deep ball, whether or not he can work with a true offensive scheme and this, that, and the third. He has the weapons all around him now that fits the Alabama-type system. So where now he just has to play the game that he played in college, just up it up a little bit. And the Dolphins were always the second, over the last three or four years, they've always been like the second best team or third best team if the Patriots were still good in that division anyway. So I I had high expectations for them somewhat anyway. So that's why I go with the Eagles. The Eagles has made such an improvement, bro. And it's trickling over into every other part of the team. The defense is hitting on all cylinders because they know now they they don't have to save games anymore and be on the field as long, which is influencing Darius Slay and the rest of them boys to say, hey, let's go out here, get the offense the ball back so we can increase this lead. Jalen Hurst is continuing to make throws that we did not see him make last year or the year before. So I think the Eagles are the most impressive 3-0 team right now. Which one will remain 3-0 after this week? That remains to be seen, but I don't know. Oh, could both of them fall though? That, that's exactly. a good question. Yeah, I think I definitely pick. No, I pick the Dolphins. But uh, but I think with the Eagles point, the Eagles have played the Lions solid team, the Commander solid team, and the Vikings solid team. It's like y'all played three solid teams while the Dolphins have played the Ravens good, the Bills great, and then I forgot who they played it. Oh, they played the Patriots solid. So they have played the Dolphins have played better competition though and gotten wins. So I can't just say, fuck the Dolphins, like y'all ain't got no good wins. Because the Dolphins have better wins. But just who is, I think what I mean by more impressive might be just more surprising. More Mm. surprising in terms of like, damn, I didn't think Jalen Hurts was going to look that good. I didn't think the defense was going to look that good. I didn't know the connection was going to look that good. So in terms of surprising, I think I will still go with the Eagles. But like, because like you said, we expected the Dolphins to be like the second best team and have these type of W's on their resume. So yeah. And moving on, I told you this one was going to be very Jags heavy. Trevor Lawrence is a top seven quarterback in the league. Too wild or not too wild? Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Got Burrow. Burrow, Herbert. I when I'm naming people. Uh, Burrow, Herbert. Well, Herbert's hurt. I ain't going to name quarterbacks as hurt. Oh, so we going off this year. Oh, that's even better. That's even better. That's even better. I'm going to be fair. I'm going to just name people who actually playing and not hurt. So I won't name Herbert. So Brady, Lamar, 
Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. And Joe, and Joe Burrow honestly hasn't played better than Trevor Lawrence this year. He hasn't played better than him this year. If we're going off this year, he hasn't played st- better than him. I'm still picking Burrow. I just like – I'm still picking Burrow. Okay. Josh Allen, that's five. Okay. Uh, Who the other teams? Who the other teams? Oh, Matt uh, Stafford. Oh, not this – oh, no, no, no. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm not letting you get that one off, bro. I'm not letting you get that one off, bro. Hell no. I would have I would have allowed Jalen Hurts, but Matt Stafford, hell no. Because like I said, this year. He could be top seven. This year. I, said this I can't year. name no seventh quarterback. I, I'll give him top seven. Because anybody seven. else that I name at this point, I'm just naming. So, Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to actually go through the, the teams. I'm going to actually go through the teams, bro. And actually look at some teams. So I don't think two is better than him. Nah. Vikings, nah. Nah, just, nah, nah. Bills, okay. Like I said, Josh Allen, Lamar, two definites for sure. Yeah. Like I said, Herbert's hurt, so we're not putting Herbert on there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Put a Brady Mahomes. Like, okay, Brady, <laughs> Brady Mahomes at the bottom. Brady Mahomes. Okay, that's four. Uh, so you got three spots left. I got three spots. I'm looking for another one. Did I say Burrow? And Burrow oh, is we, we just got through talking about Jalen Hurts. Are we I, not putting Jalen Hurts in I said oh, Burrow. Okay. And like I said, Burrow is the question mark because have you played better than Trevor Lawrence this year with that talent? Okay. But I'll give you Hurts. Hurts is five for sure. Hurts is five. Okay. Hurts is five. So he could be he could be seven. He could be seven. That's what I'm saying, bro. Looking at these quarterbacks, he's playing like a top seven quarterback in the yeah. league. And you got to shoot him the bell that he doesn't have the talent that most of these quarterbacks have, bro. I would have gave him top 10, but when you said seven, I was like, hold on, let me count. Like, so. bro, Trevor Lawrence is making it shake with, bro, Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones are his number one wide Like, bro, like, they're the number two or three on the rest of these teams that we're naming. Like, on the Bengals, like, Marvin Jones is like a number four receiver. And the Jamar only Chase team that they'll receivers. be number one is on... Is the Ravens. That's the only team they'll be number one on. I don't even think so, because you got Rashad Bateman over there. You might be a number two. Oh, well, number two. That'd you be might be a number two. Well, shit, you behind, you behind Mark Andrews, too, so shit. Exactly. <laughs> like, he don't, he don't even got a tight end that he's throwing to, but he's making it shake with these type of players. Trevor Lawrence is a top seven quarterback in this league, and we have to start realizing it, bro. I know he had a rough rookie year. Urban Meyer tried to destroy his career in his first year, but we got to throw that away. <laughs> We got to throw that away. This man is legit, and he is for real. He was the number one pick for a reason, and we got to stop forgetting that. He's still him, Timothy, and that defense is crazy. That's why I said earlier that Trevor Lawrence would make it to an AFC championship before him because we're seeing how good he is with not good talent. If he gets some talent, which I think they will do, they will be a good-ass team in a year or two, bro. And I got to give credit to uh, Doug Peterson as well because he was a Super Bowl-winning coach with the Eagles. He's really bringing a good culture to the Jags, bro. A winning culture, and that's what they needed, bro. They really haven't had that stability in a long time. But you feel like Doug Peterson will be the coach for a good minute by setting that culture. So definitely shout out to Doug Peterson. And moving on to social media wants to know, we got, what's with the love of serial killers? Yeah, bro. So I posed this question because... Um, for those of you who haven't been on social media, the new Jeffrey Dahmer, and this isn't the first Jeffrey Dahmer show or documentary or whatever, but it's the newest one to drop on Netflix. And I just want to know, what is this love with serial killers that people have? I think Rick Ross like tweeted or posted on Instagram, I need me some D- Jeffrey Dahmer glasses or something. I was like, whoa, bro, Like this is not the time. <laughs> like, And then you got people like just saying, 
I seen people talking wild on Twitter. Some girls were saying that boy Jeffrey was low-key kind of cute. Like, what? Like, what is wrong with y'all? Are y'all talking about the actor? Please tell me y'all talking about the Evan actor, Peters, not yeah. the actual person. Like, come on, bro. And then it was just, I think, I just think it's weird how people have such a, a interest in, like, learning about this shit and watching this shit. So that's where my question of what what's the what's with the love of serial killers? Because we love hearing stories about Jeffrey Dahmer. We love hearing stories about um Ted um Ted um Ted Bundy, Bundy yeah. and all that type think, of shit. Especially if they handsome. If they handsome, women just find a way to fantasize over that shit, which is I weird. So I don't really think it's like the handsome part. I think that's some girls be doing that goofy shit. But I think it's more so getting in the mind of a serial killer. Like, what's the thought process that goes into somebody mm-hmm. actually being a serial serial, serial killer? I think that's what's so exciting about it because I was somebody who watched that uh the Ted Bundy one that came out. I think it was like crime tapes was or Zach something. Efron. No, it wasn't Zach Efron. It was one that came out on Netflix and they were actually showing like tape of oh yeah, the actual yeah, yeah. Ted yeah. Bundy. Like yeah, that's the one I actually seen. So it was just the fascination of like getting inside the head. Like, even though you don't want to like fascinate over him because what he did was like some evil, sickening shit. But it's like just seeing how he got to that place, like how did he really grow up to be a serial killer? Like what was his yeah. thought process? I think that's what's so satisfying in just getting that point of view from it. I think all of the goofy shit of him being handsome is kind of just some funny shit. But I think it, that's it the was main funny. Point. But I was just yeah. like, what the hell is wrong with y'all? Like <laughs> because Jeffrey because, Dahmer is somebody who did a lot of damage to the black, a lot yeah, of black to the people. black community. Like like thirteen out of his seventeen people that he killed were black boys. So I was like, that's crazy. Cause don't get me wrong, y'all. I think we should be very educated on this. I think it is important to learn how people like this think and just know the history and the context of it all. But it would be certain people on social media that made me pose this question. I was like, I, I gotta ask this question. What the hell is with people and the fascination of this shit? And they trying to throw on people trying to attack Katy Perry over a lyric that she didn't even say. Juicy J was the one that said this shit. Like there's some um he said something about should eat your heart out. Like Jeffrey Dahmer. Remember on that Dark Horse oh, song? Oh, yeah, I remember that line. I Boy, when, this, when this shit dropped a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago about this Jeffrey Dahmer shit, people been going at Katy Perry head, bro. And it's like, y'all didn't care about this lyric at all when this song came out like 12, 13 years ago. Now that we looking up old lyrics, all of a sudden, Katy Perry need to issue an apology and shit. Like, when Juicy J was the nigga that said it, she didn't yeah. even say it. But it's her song, so we're mad at her, I guess. But my, my question would be, what really creates these type of shows? Like, why do we keep creating these type of shows? Even though you want to get into the mind of it, like, who keeps yeah. greenlighting these shows to be put out? Because Mul- this... Multiple ones on top of that. It's like the third or fourth thing. And not that. Number, so. And not that, bro. Not just that, but it gives another person who's probably sick in the head motivation to do some goofy shit like this. Like, we have so many copycat killers out here. Like, all yeah. of these mass shootings that we keep seeing like are done because they see somebody get away with it or somebody get put in a mental institution not really being punished for the shit so they continue to do the mass shootings you're giving somebody else motivation to do this same bullshit bro like oh this is some interesting shit like oh i can get away with this oh i can eat somebody's heart so somebody is intrigued to do this shit bro and that's where i'm like come on bro that's where we're going too far with it it was like one was cool but continually showing this shit somebody's going to try to do this dumber shit or recreate it somehow we're going to hear and, about it. And we, I, I can't even lie, we love the fictional serial killers so much, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. Jason, Michael Myers. Like, we love the fictional version of these type of people. Like, Michael Myers, 
everybody wants to know what made this little boy click one night and just yeah. say, I'm going to just start killing people for the rest of my life. We don't, we still don't know the origin about what happened in his mind to just make him start killing people. It he ain't no background demons. on his parents. Yeah. It ain't no background on his family. It was just one night on Halloween, Michael Myers at five or six years old decided I'm going to start killing motherfuckers. Like, yeah. and I think we were just so intrigued with that to where now we get movies where he just doesn't die no matter what happens to him. <laughs> I think I think they've showed it in one movie. I don't remember what movie it was, but he was like possessed by demons or some shit, and that's when he started to like start killing or some shit. Like that. That, that and that's why he can't die. That, that must have been one of the ones Jamie Lee Curtis went in. No, I don't think it was a movie more so than like you got to read up on it because I don't think they've actually shown like demons inside of him. But if you read up on it, like it's more so demons and that's why he can't die because he keeps being possessed and mm. uh, reawoken and reincarnated once again and that type of shit. You feel what I'm saying? And that's why it's so funny when we keep seeing people try to kill him. It's like this nigga's possessed by demons. Like he's not going to die. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to my barber, Josh. My barber said the funniest shit ever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because it's only been like one or two black people to ever go against Michael Myers <laughs> and one of the black people actually whooped his ass <laughs> but my barber said bro they never show Mike in the hood bro if you put niggas against Michael Myers this shit going totally different <laughs> We probably no gonna give Michael Myers some weed or some, or some coke or something had a nigga chilled out <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have him chill. <laughs> that was the funniest shit ever. He was like, "Bro, no think about it, nigga." Always in the suburbs. It's only been one or two people against Michael Myers, and the black girl that they had going against him last year, they made he they made him make her shoot herself or something like that. So she died quick. I didn't but even the watch one black the one. dude that did go against him. The one black dude whooped his ass. It was either Buster Rhymes or somebody else Buster that whooped Rhymes. Michael Myers' ass. Mm-hmm. I, I think they did that just because it was Buster Ryan. Buster was like, "Y'all gonna yeah. have me in the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it was Buster Ryan's though. But yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, that, that it's a it's a crazy uh, it's a crazy thing because a lot of people are into it though. The movies they're making movies about these people now, so I don't know. I think it's just dangerous in terms of like what can potentially happen for somebody actually seeing this, getting the motivation to do it in real life, because that's what we're seeing more and more of. So it's some dangerous shit. Moving on to entertainment and current events. We got Rihanna for Super Bowl 53. Yeah. Wait, this 53? Is it 53 or 54? I didn't remember. I, I thought it was 57. 57. This 57, yeah, I think. 57? I'm, I'm late yeah. like shit. I don't know. No, you good. <laughs> this 57. <laughs> I don't remember what. Oh. I just wrote out 50. I don't know if 53 was this in my head. Because <laughs> I think I think 55 was when uh, the Bucks won, I think. But, um... Yeah, uh, if y'all haven't um, found out yet, the NFL has announced that Rihanna will be the halftime performer, which is kind of, I'm confused because two or three days before that, they said Taylor Taylor Swift Swift was going to be. So I don't know if they literally just changed it and they chose Rihanna instead or or was it going to be Taylor Swift first and then Rihanna comes out set? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm hearing conflicting reports. I heard that it was supposed to be Rihanna the whole time, but somebody told Taylor Swift that she was supposed to be on it. But they said that Jay-Z ended up saying like, nah, Rihanna was supposed to be the plan the whole time. So I guess it's conflicting reports. There's no true thing about what actually happened, but Rihanna ended up getting a date over Taylor Swift. Because when I see Taylor Swift, I was cool with it. Because if y'all know, Taylor Swift is like, when you talk about charts, she's number one in terms of like chart sales, album sales, like, of all time type shit, like up there with Michael Jackson. 
So she would have got looks. Like people would have tuned in just yeah, to watch pe- Taylor People would have watched. People yeah. would have watched Taylor Swift. But sure. we, we, we as the black community, we yeah. definitely would rather prefer Rihanna if we get this. Sure. Especially because sure. Rihanna don't drop music no more. Of hell yeah. But um, shout out to Rihanna. I thought it was cool. Um, this was a big announcement, especially because we so early in the season. I mm-hmm. think they usually wait till like the middle of the season to like really mm-hmm. give that announcement. So, uh, and. The NFL, their Instagram bio, it says National Fenty League. Yeah, so she's going to keep get racking up that Fenty money now because um, dudes finna start see Fenty everywhere. What the hell is this Fenty shit? Now they women finna be like, oh, Rihanna doing the Super Bowl, blah, blah. So she finna get that Fenty money. So, this is going to be like the most watched Super Bowl ever because we haven't seen it, Rihanna it in so is. long, bro. Yo, Not even a game. It don't matter who played. Play. Yeah, I was about to say, it don't matter who played. Like, niggas finna tune in for Rihanna. Because I don't even know what's the... What is the most watched Super Bowl halftime? It might be Beyonce or Michael Jackson mm. for the most watched Super Bowl halftime show. One with when her Beyonce and Bruno did Mars. It, yeah. Yeah, when her and Bruno Mars did it, that shit was crazy. And that was about 10 years ago, damn near. They said yeah, Katy was... Perry in 2015 had the most, what? bro. And she had 118 million viewers. Wow. And that came Who out was playing? 20... Who played in that Super Bowl? 2015? Was that the Panthers? Was that Panthers and Broncos? Yeah, that might have been Panthers and Broncos. It might have been them. Super Bowl. Yep. Or the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. It was a no. Nah. What do they mean 2015 by like 2014, 15 season? It was what? either it was either the Seahawks Super Bowl or the Panthers Super Bowl. They don't say here what Super Bowl. They don't say here what Super Bowl this. But Lady Gaga is number two at 117 million. Wow, for real? Coldplay is at I ain't surprised that though. Coldplay is at three at 115 million in 2016. This one looks like the 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 Broncos Super Bowl, Broncos and Panthers Super Bowl. So 2016. Mm. So 2015 must have been the, the Seahawks and Patriots one. Yeah. 2014 was Bruno Mars, and he's at four with 115. Mm. And Madonna 2012 is 114. So I don't see Beyonce on here unless Beyonce came out with yeah, well, Beyonce good. was with Bruno, so okay, that that's what I thought. Okay, that yeah. might count around. Okay, so they they would be fourth then for 2014. Damn that that Katy Perry one that shocked me though. That yeah, me. bro. That that Lady Gaga one makes sense though. She she always top shit whenever she do it. So damn that shit crazy. <laughs> Hundred and eight. Yeah, top five most watched Super Bowl halftime shows ever. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. Rihanna, Rihanna creep into that top three. Yeah. She go creep into that top three. I'm about to say, so. if Beyonce not on there, I'm kind of scared for Rihanna. If Beyonce not on there, because it's like, nah. yeah, you, you might not have the white viewers like you think you do. Because Katy Perry got the people that she can make the table shake, and yeah. Lady Gaga too. But yeah, I'm definitely excited though, because like you said, we haven't seen her in so long. It's just some dope shit to see her. What and, type? Bro, are we gonna get new music though? That's what I'm saying, bro. What if she performs new music, bro? I she gonna be top three. She gonna be top three <laughs> performers, bro. Because all the old shit we know, we, and we don't even know if she gonna have surprise guests come out and shit, mm. bro. That shit's gonna be fire, bro. It's gonna be so many people watching the Super Bowl just for Rihanna, bro. That shit gonna be yeah, crazy. Yeah, that shit dope, man. That shit dope. Cause I think it's gonna be a whole big ass thing, bro. So like she go. That's yeah. why they told us so early, cause she's really starting to prepare for it right now because it's gonna be so grand scale. Cause we haven't mm-hmm. seen her in so long. So and it's in Vegas shit. at the new stadium and shit. Ooh, that shit finna be fire. Tickets, bro, bro. Super Bowl tickets gonna be by three bands a piece. 
for the nosebleed, it's gonna be at least three bands. No bro. bullshit. It might go up just about just because of who plays. Like that's like yeah. second hand. Like it don't matter who plays. Like all right, that's gonna go up. Chiso, whoever. <laughs> all right. And then next we got the Wolverine will appear in Deadpool three. Yes. So yesterday Ryan Reynolds announced that Wolverine will make his debut. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine will make his debut in the MCU as Wolverine in in 2024, September 6, 2024 in Deadpool 3. So I'm excited for it. I'm sure we'll get a, a lot more um info on mutants. We'll get a lot more mutant cameos before Deadpool 3 even comes. But I'm excited to see this. I hope they make it rated R. By then, we should have an answer or not on whether or not Deadpool will be rated R. I hope so. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be if you got Wolverine and Wolverine <laughs> Deadpool, and Deadpool. Yeah, shit's gonna be. That has to be rated R, and it's gonna be fire, bro. I heard that it's gonna be like some type of road trip. They're gonna be together, going somewhere, or that was the the first intention of the movie because they've been having a conversation about Hugh Jackman coming back and being in Deadpool three. Even at the end of Deadpool two, he kind of joked about the shit about uh, Deadpool yeah. coming back. It was like a post credit scene because he was mm -hmm. shooting himself. Remember, he shot the old uh, Wolverine because yeah. uh, Ryan Reynolds was Wolverine and like. The Wolverine movie from like 2013 or 2011. That's when, when he, he um when they sold his mouth shut and all of that. And, and that's why yeah, he made the yeah. tweet. He was like, uh, he had what was his tweet, bro? Ryan Riddles tweeted the shit out. He had said something about being sewn. Oh, I gotta read the tweet, bro. Shit. His mouth sewn shut. Yeah, he like said, like, oh yeah. yeah, he said I couldn't keep my mouth sewn shut or some shit because he was referencing yeah. to like his mouth being sewn up in the old one. So it's gonna be some fire <laughs> shit. Cause I I didn't think we were going to have this moment again, bro. Like Wolverine, Hugh Jackman coming back. I, I was pretty and, sure Wolverine was going to come back, but not Hugh Jackman. And, and that was the conversation we've had um, before. And I had this conversation in the comments on Facebook with, um, with some people of, it's not that I didn't want Hugh Jackman to come back. And it's not that I, I think anybody's going to do Wolverine any better. Don't get me wrong. Like Hugh Jackman, when we think of certain characters, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. He will always be Wolverine. The same way Heath Ledger is Joker, the same way um, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. But I'm just saying within this new era of MCU that we're in, with the way we're playing with different universes, they could have found a way to bring Wolverine back, but bring him back younger with a new actor. That's just what I was looking forward to. I ain't mad at Hugh Jackman coming back. I just thought it would have made more sense, especially if you're going to have him being in the MCU moving forward after Deadpool 2. Because but we really want to see an old a old Wolverine for real for like three movies later, I like 10 I don't years think, later. I don't think it's going to be a thing where he goes on to the future of the MCU. Because when in the video, Ryan Reynolds asked him, do you want to do one more movie with me as Wolverine? He said, yeah, sure. One more movie. I don't think he's coming back for multiple runs. I don't think Wolverine is going to be the 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 linchpin character of X-Men that we've grown accustomed to. I think they're going to have That's somebody else crazy, be the linchpin, bro. bro. That's going to be crazy. I think he's going to come back for this Deadpool movie, and that's going to be it. Like Maybe he dies, maybe he goes away. But that's what's going to piss me off, bro. You can't bring back a staple character like Wolverine and only have him in one thing. And then never see him again moving forward. That, no, that would piss me off. That's a big reason why I wanted a new young actor. We could mm -hmm. find somebody to at least do the character justice. Are we expecting mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman out of anybody? No. But to just do the part justice, we could have found a young person in their 20s, maybe even their 30s, that could have been a young Wolverine that we could have for years moving forward. 
But we can still do that, though, bro, because this is the multiverse. And uh, and this is what the MCU is getting away with. They can do whatever they want and just yeah. throw it at the multiverse because that's we can do whatever. So this is going to be a variant uh Wolverine because the Wolverine that we know already died in Logan. So this is already yeah. a completely different variant that's going to be running with Deadpool. So we can still see a younger one in the, the MCU because of the multiverse. Like, that's just where we're at with it now. So we can still get one more of Hugh Jackman and Deadpool and then get a younger one in the future of the MCU that we can be cool with. Of like, okay, yeah, he's not Hugh, but he good enough. Because I need to see Wolverine in Secret Wars now. I don't give yeah. a damn. I need to yeah. see some type of Wolverine character in Secret Wars. Yeah. I'm just excited to get Hugh back, bro. Because like I said, the, Log the Logan moving, the, the Logie, the, what the fuck? The Logan movie felt so final, bro. Like, it was like, it that's did. the last time we're going to see, like, Hugh Jackman again as Wolverine. And it's like, damn, we finally get my nigga back. This shit going to be crazy. With Deadpool, I think with Deadpool is going to just add to his character. Because he can yep. bring so much out of Hugh Jackman that not the tough guy. Like, maybe we can see some jokey shit out of Hugh we're gonna Jackman. We're going to get some really... funny shit. Yeah, we're going to get some <laughs> funny shit out of Hugh Jackman. I think it's going to be so dope. Because Especially it's when impossible you... to be serious the whole time when exactly. you with Deadpool, bro. Exactly. Like, it's impossible. Because <laughs> you know he's going to break up jokes about him being Wolverine in the past. Like, it's going to be jokes. <laughs> he's going to break the fourth wall. Like, that shit going to be break the fourth wall the whole time. Bro, that shit going to be hilarious, my nigga. That's the perfect movie to get him in. The perfect movie. So definitely shout out to Dan Wolverine. Uh... The NFL is re is replacing the Pro Bowl. So the Pro Bowl will no longer be an actual game with skills events before it. There is reports that the Pro Bowl will be just a series of events and there will be a flag football game now instead of the game with actual pads. And I think this is what a lot of people wanted to see. The last few years, the Pro Bowl has been terrible. Nobody has been watching. Nobody is hitting each other. It's not the same effect that we were having in the early to mid-2000s when people were still playing for real, when everybody got to play, it's especially with, like, the Super Bowl teams because it was after the season and when the Super Bowl was Super over. Bowl. So yeah. we actually get to feel that type of vibe once again, and that's something that I like. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it, bro, because I, I don't know what to expect. Do I think players will be more inclined to actually try harder now because they don't have to worry about hitting each other and the injury risk is down. Yes, something could always happen. You could still mm. somehow hurt yourself playing flag football, but you're way less likely to hurt yourself if you're not constantly hitting each other, if you're not falling in the piles of people and all of that. So do I think they'll be more inclined to try? Yes. So we'll probably get a little bit more excitement, but I don't know if I'm going to just, it's not going to feel the same, bro. It, I'm going to feel like I'm watching the Disney Channel game. Shout out to the Disney Channel games. They were very underrated. That shit was ahead of its time. But I'm going to feel like I'm watching the Disney Channel games all week if flag football is the thing we're preparing for at the end of the week. But it's just way more entertaining, though, and I think that's what we're looking for, just the entertainment value, bro. Because I feel like the linemen wouldn't even be necessary. It's probably going to be like some 7 This is a disservice shit. to linemen, though, bro. Like, yeah. what about, but you still, what about you still get credited, though. You still get credited, though. But come on, bro. What about the people whose dreams are to get to the NFL as, as big boys, like, get into the NFL, being a top O-line or D-lineman? Like, Aaron Donald, we're not going to get Aaron Donald in the Pro Bowl, bro. Like, that's crazy. What does that mean? Bro. Like, Aaron Donald in the Pro Bowl, what were you doing the past few years when you were in the Pro Bowl? No, but, it was nothing no, that you but could I'm do. saying, you got to think about the fact of, like, this shit is gone forever. We're, we're never going to mm -hmm. get it to what it used to be. I understand that. But making mm -hmm. it flag football to where you just don't see them, period, no more now, like, 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I like I said, it's yet to be seen. We gotta wait till um January for the shit to actually happen. Yeah. I don't know. My whole opinion could change on it. But you're doing a huge disservice to certain people who need tackle football to still play. If you're a center, you still gotta hike the ball, so you'll be in the um flat football game probably. But um wide receivers, DBs, linebackers, and running backs and quarterbacks. That's it. If you're a lineman. If you're they a still DN, probably have linemen, but you're not tackling nobody. You're just pulling flags instead of tackling somebody. I don't know, bro. Uh, I don't, it's yet to be seen. I, I gotta. I'm still up in the air on it. I to, I don't know how I totally feel about the situation. I think it's gonna be fun. I fuck with it. I just needed this. Honestly, I just need to see something more refreshing than what we've been getting. Because what That's we've true. been getting has been ridiculous. Uh, because ridiculous they, they weren't even tackling, bro. Like, they weren't, they even really weren't even tackling. That's as what I'm soon saying. As you so made it's like, contact with the runner, yeah. they blew the whistle. Like, you couldn't even mm-hmm. slam the person to the ground or nothing. I was like, oh, no, this is not what. Yeah, no. bro. So I, <laughs> I just think it would be more entertaining. And it, uh, I think they will go back to like having the NFC, AFC type thing. I'm hearing that the Mannings, Eli, and Peyton will be the coaches. They're going to add something to the Pro Bowl. They'll be the head of like the competitions and stuff like that. Because even the competition, was kind of getting kind of bland so hopefully yeah. they re hopefully that they revamp the competitions especially when if that's going to be like the center point in the center bring one-on-ones the same yeah, thing i said for the shit. nba yeah. the that same thing shit. i said for the nba the nfl need to do one-on-ones best because you're gonna prove who the best, best corner. corner yeah you're gonna prove but, who the um, best corner. well since they since they ain't gonna be hitting no more i can't say best running back versus best mm. linebacker dm but find find a way to make People put their money where their mouth is, basically. And that's what we want to see. Same thing I said for the NBA. Y'all want to spice shit up? Y'all want to get rid of this lame-ass dunk contest that people just don't care about or don't respect no more? Put one-on-one competitions. Let people see who the best one-on-one players really is. Because people love to say, you know, one-on-one doesn't prove you're better or not. That's literally the whole purpose of playing one-on-one basketball, to see who better when each individual got the rock. So I think you can do the same thing with the NFL. Find some way to make it competitive and make the star players play bro like don't let star players get nominated and they'd be like nah i ain't doing that shit about no like you gotta at least do that shit once so yeah all right and moving on steph curry is cashing in in and off the court or on and off the court steph has now become a billionaire he just signed a deal with under armor that would make him a billionaire that will be over a billion so i'm pretty sure he just signed a deal which is a billion I'm pretty sure he's already worth like 700, 800 million because he already signed, I think, up to this point, like 500 to 700 million in like NBA contracts money. And then you add the billionaire aspect to it. He probably already got 200 from them before. You add the 1.2. God damn. He might be closer to 2 billion by the time he signed the end of this contract. I don't know, but he's a billionaire. That's all that matters. But Steph is now a billionaire. How you feel about it? I, I love it. Shit. Um, yeah, I, I love it. LeBron was the the first. Well, Jordan was the first one to touch a Billy, but Bron was the first to do it while still playing. And now Steph is the second to do it while still playing. So I think this is going to be a trend of every every generation. You're going to have like one or two players that cross that milestone now while still playing. It was hard for Jordan to do it while still playing because things were just different then in that time. Like it's not, it wasn't as accessible to make that kind of money like it is now, but I'm Mm -hmm. sure if it was back then, he could have did it while playing. 
But mm-hmm. this is this is just a growing trend that we're seeing a lot more players get into of touching that money outside of basketball. People look at certain basketball salaries and be like, oh, Kevin Durant get paid more than LeBron James and this person, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, that's basketball money. But even, shit, even overall, like if you count up the total amount of basketball money, certain people are not making more than other people like you may think. And then when you talk about the other money, LeBron got money in Liverpool soccer. He got um liquor money. He got he was getting money from Kia back then. I'm sure he still get royalties off of that Kia money he used to make. Like it, it's so much money that Steph probably get with his wife with the cooking shit and all of that. So he Steph Steph touching money that is is gonna be quite scary, honestly. And he probably could touch two billion while still playing because he got a good yeah. amount of years left. Exactly so, that too. And the thing about this contract and what my biggest like takeaway was is that these shoe companies are becoming way more comfortable of handing out, out, out a billion dollars to these players. Yeah. Like LeBron got a lifetime contract worth something close to a billion dollars from Nike. We see this from Under Armour because Steph is one of the biggest athletes in the world. Like we're seeing if you're a top athlete in this uh, in the world, like you're capable of like Luca might be next. Jordan might throw Luca a billion. You know what I'm saying? If he got it like that. Luca might be the next one. An interesting point. If Cam Newton's career didn't downslide the way it did, Cam Newton, I think, would have been the first billionaire football athlete while playing. Because the way Under Armour just threw Steph Curry this back, Under Armour has nobody else outside of Steph Curry that is making people just get Under Armour. Mm -hmm. I think Cam Newton could have been that person first if he stayed on the elite level that he was. If he stayed on that MVP caliber level, for like five more years after that Super Bowl, so like up to 2020, he he probably would have got that billion dollar contract, and we would have been talking about Cam Newton as possibly a billionaire or close to it. Mm, I don't really think football. so. I think I think especially the shit just football. different in terms of like football and basketball money, especially when it comes to contracts. I don't know. I don't know if NFL players are touching anything close to this money in terms of contract shoe contracts. He he could have been the first, bro. He could have been the first because oh. Under Armour would have leaned all the way. They was already leaning. He would have been the highest paid at Under Armour, but a billion. Bro, it was niggas buying Under Armour cleats who I never saw wear Under Armour before. <laughs> but they was getting it because them Cam Newton cleats, bro. I promise you. Under Armour would have found some kind of way to throw every life-saving penny they had into Cam Newton if he would have stayed at that MVP level. Mm, that's tough to see. Maybe. All right, moving on. We got Future sold his catalog for eight figures. How much he sold it for? He sold it for um he sold his publishing rights between 65 to 75 million. Uh, I think so far he's only accumulated like four and a half million dollars from his publishing royalties. People on social media were trying to tell him that he was stupid for selling it, blah, blah, blah. You don't know what you're doing with your money. You basically sold away the money that you could have gave to your kids. But he <laughs> tweeted out and said, unsuccessful people have no idea how success works. And Quincy tried to tell me this months ago earlier this year with Justin Timberlake. We may just not know how much music is really worth, bro. Like, that may be all you getting for that music. So why wait 10 years down the line to get it when you could just get it all up front right now? I thought Justin Timberlake was crazy for selling for 200 M's. I thought he could have sold for three to 500. But Quincy was trying to tell me, no, bro. Like, in the world of music, that may be all that shit is worth. So Future probably feels the same way with his publishing. He didn't sell his masters, according to what I read from Yahoo. He sold his publishing rights. And so that's what that's where the royalties come from. Yeah, that's where the royalties come from. So yeah. he can still make more music and still get the publishing from that. 
So, but I'm saying he's still going to get the royalties off his old music if he still has his masters. No. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so what are niggas complaining about if he's still going to get the royalties? Like that don't even make sense. Like if, if you have the masters, you're still going to get your royalties. He's people good. who never, people who <laughs> never touched, people who never touched the M, trying to tell you how many L's you taking for not taking certain M's. That shit is ridiculous. Because like I told Edgar before, like we have to think. These are some of the richest people in the world, bro. You have to think they have some of the smartest people around them telling them what to do with their money. Exactly. Like Future has people ad- advising him on this deal, saying them like, "Okay, yeah, that's a good deal." Timberlake was the same way. Somebody told Timberlake, "Yeah, the two hundred M's, two hundred fifty M's you getting, that's a good deal, bro. Go ahead and take that." Because Edgar ended up mentioning before, like over the past three years, Future has made four point four million over the past three years in like royalties and stuff like that. So. To get 65 to 75 million, he would have had to wait 60 years to get that money back in terms of royalties and shit like that. You'd have to wait 60, 50 to 60 years. So why not get that money up front? The, the kids are still going to get the money spread out evenly amongst them because he got like eight, nine kids. The kids still are going to get their money regardless. He don't got to wait till the royalties kick in. He can get that money up front. He still got the royalties. He's still making new music. This new album that he just dropped is fire filled with hits. That could be album of the year. Niggas are still playing that. He getting royalties and publishing off of that. What are y'all niggas complaining about? Future know what he doing. So it's like, bro, I'm, I'm glad Future got his money, you, bro. You hang around billionaires like Jay-Z and Kanye. You hang around niggas like Drake and all that who know what they doing with their money and their music. I'm sure they ain't finna just sit by. And they call you brother and shit like that. And they treat you like family. I'm sure they're not just sitting by saying, hey, bro, don't do that shit. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're telling him, hey, like, Go ahead, get whatever they telling you your money is worth right now. Just go ahead and get that shit. And then flip it to whatever else you can flip. Because exactly, we got to understand, these, these rappers are not only getting, like, the, the big rappers anyway. I ain't going to say every single rapper. But the rappers who are really notable throughout the entire world, bro, they're touching money in so many different avenues. Whether it's investing, whether it's alcohol, whether it's sports like rock nation sports and shit like that whether it's fashion like kanye doing or fashion week runways and stuff like these artists are touching money in so many different areas that we probably don't even know about so. that's what i'm saying bro so i think it was a smart deal and i are more people going to start doing it since we've already seen timberlake do it we've seen future do it two of the biggest artists in the world are we is this going to become a trend from rappers to just sell their catalog get the money up front and just flip it to whatever they want yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised. Should I wouldn't be surprised either. <laughs> I would not be surprised either. All right, man. And moving on to past the Ops, man. What you got for song of the week? Song of the week. Hmm. Uh, I don't even know, bro. I kind of been everywhere for songs this week. This week. It was Wayne's birthday yesterday. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the whole Sorry for the Wait album. I want to do Tomorrow too. With Glorilla and uh Cardi B, because that song was definitely played heavily in my car this week. But uh that song was fire. Cardi B ever know this, bro. I'm not the biggest fan of Cardi, especially on features. I'm somebody that say, man, she would have the song would have been better without her. But on this song, she did her fucking thing and she slid on that motherfucker for sure. And Glorilla got nothing but hits anyway. She don't got that many songs, but the songs she do got, them bitches is hits. But I might go with this Batman shit. Batman by LPB Pootie. Uh, came out in like 2021. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, be on Batman. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that shit been stuck in my head, bro. 
Right, it's a video I see. I'm gonna show you the video afterwards. That's that they had that song played like over like white people dancing and shit. It went oh yeah, yeah, I, I know the video. You see that video, bro? That shit's so it. funny, and that shit been stuck <laughs> in my head ever since, my nigga. But yeah, that's my song of the week, bro. That's my song of the week. All right, man, way, man. That man hit the big forty. We getting old, 40. bro. Wayne, Wayne, forty years old. We getting. I old, thought Wayne man. was older than that. When I see forty, I was like, damn. I thought he was older than that. I, I ain't no T. I was older because it's first off, it's a lot of Libras. Shout out to the Libras, bro. It's so many of us. Will Smith, Smith, Wayne, Ti, Wale, a Libra. I think his birthday today. I think so. Yeah, but I yeah, because I ain't no T. I was forty two. I ain't no T. I was older than Wayne. Niggas getting old on us, bro. We getting yeah. old, buddy. We're, we're getting old. <laughs> we're getting old, hey, my nigga. Our favorite rappers are 35 and over. Like, we're, we're at the mm-hmm. age where it's like, yeah. That boy Drake creeping up on 40. When he Drake just turned 35? 40, he just turned 35? Hey, hey, you creeping on 40, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. You got to let my nigga get that off. He's 35, bro. You got to let my nigga get that off. All right, and moving on to movie and show reviews. Edgar, what we got coming up? Oh, uh, we just recorded for episodes five and six for She-Hulk, so keep a lookout for that. Raising Canaan, there was no new episode this week, but episode seven comes out uh, this coming Sunday. So we still got um, a full season review for that when that's done. Uh, I just watched um, the first Avatar with Denisha because she never saw it, so I took her to see it this past weekend so we could finally get our Avatar review off. We still got to do Pray. Don't worry, darling. I got to go see that. I got to go see Barbarian, Smile coming out soon. I told y'all, I ain't been to the movies for in like two months with everything that um I've had going on, but I'm going I'm to be in AMC like crazy over the next couple weeks. So. Facts. I already seen Don't Worry, Darling. I've seen Barbarian. Smile comes out on Friday, September 30th, mm. so definitely go ahead and check that one out too because that's probably going to be my favorite one out of the past few that I've seen, so I'm definitely looking forward to that one. But uh, we definitely appreciate you guys for listening, and we out. Hey.